You know the drill. You're making out. You start feeling your way downtown. One of you wants to make a move to Cunnilingusville, but you don't have protection. Dental dams are hard to use, hard to come by, and condoms taste like, well, condoms. Hundreds of millions of people worldwide have STIs that can be transmitted via oral sex. So let me introduce you to Laurels, a first-of-its-kind product that provides protection, sexy style, and comfort. And it tastes like vanilla. Laurels for Protection are FDA-approved for STI protection during oral-based activities. And Laurels for Pleasure are the perfect cross between sexy lingerie and kinky toys. These thin and incredibly stretchy, single-use, silky latex undies are worn during fingering, rimming, oral sex, tribbing, and more. Head over to mylaurels.com to get your four-pack today. Be sure to use my code for a discount at checkout. What's Your Position Podcast. All one word. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy with laurels. What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Live from WIP Studios in Huntington Beach, California, this is What's Your Position. Today, we talk about BDSM with professional dominatrix, Sir Lucifer. Dude, what's all that stuff you're grabbing? Tools? Tools? Duct, duct tape? Zip ties and gloves? I have to have my tools! Why do you have a bunch of stuff like weird tools in a hidden compartment in your car? It's a, it's a fetish shit. I, I, I like to be bind. I like to be bound. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Welcome, fellow humans, to another episode of What's Your Position podcast. This week, we have with us in the shadows, Sir Lucifer. Or uh, how I shall refer to him for the remainder of the podcast, Rue. Welcome, Rue. Thank you. Off camera, hiding. Yeah, I'm shy. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We love a shy I guest. Like I don't like being on camera it's, either. I, I like know being he's never on camera, so this is his punishment that. today is for him to be on camera. <laughs> I'm an enigma wrapped in a mystery, <laughs> sprinkled with questions. What the fuck was that from? It's from my my favorite show, Always Sunny. Okay. Dennis Reynolds. Right. He has weird fetish shit. Okay. And he has a car with he a secret... He likes to be com- bound. And bind. Yeah. And bound. Mm-hmm. We were we were wondering earlier, is it hunged or hanged? I think it's hanged. Right. That's... You don't... Hung is already past tense. So is hanged. You know, I think when one is for a person and one is for curtains. I hung mm. the curtains. A person oh, yeah, is no, hanged. You, I wouldn't... Hanged the curtains. Correct. I think a person gets hanged. Curtains get hung. Yes. But or a, but a person, a person can, can be, be hung. hung. <laughs> right when you said it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a hung in there somewhere. Everybody together. We're going to talk about so many things today. So, so many things. There is an episode in season two where the novice in myself, um, tries to discuss BDSM with as much, 
I did so after your presentation. I decided to do an episode on BDSM. And our friend uh, Bunky was on that episode and we talked about um, all different kinks and fetishes that people have. It's a great episode. If anybody wants to go back and listen, we talk about the most common fetishes and kinks in America. Um, We talk about things that people may not necessarily think of when it comes to BDSM. Um, And we come up with a bunch of different euphemisms for kinks and fetishes, mainly in the baseball realm. Uh, But today's episode is going to be more focused on um, specifics about what it's like to be a professional dom, Um, what it's like to work in the industry of BDSM, um, what it's like to give people their kinks and fetishes Mm -hmm. On a spiky, pokey platter. (laughs) (laughs) On a stingy, thuddy platter. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to use very technical terms, everyone, so please pay attention. Um, Some of the technical terms today that we will be using are... It's stingy. Stingy. And uh, thuddy. Thuddy. uh, Kinky. Kinky. um, Pokey. Pokey. Scratchy. Scratchy. Um, I'm probably going to say loopy doopy at some point. Okay. These cool. are all the seven dwarfs on the other side, like the evil version the of the kinky Delilah, right? seven dwarfs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. Stingy, Is scratchy, there seven of them? There pokey, be. kinky. <laughs> oh, Disney, please sponsor us. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, your life mm-hmm. um, as a Dom. And we're also going to play a game of show and tell because you brought with you your, what do you call it? Bag of tricks, a kinky coffer, a whole bag of pain, bag of dicks, whatever you want to Treasure. I like treasure chest personally because yeah. it's got just a bunch of really cool shit in it. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to bust in <laughs> to the world of, of BDSM from the inside out today. Joined by a professional everyone thank you so much for being here oh, by thank the you way. for having my me. god i can I just you know i i, I love kink i love talking I about kink i can go on for actual we were days. actually talking about earlier we were like we might need to make this episode like three episodes because it it well we'll have you back on <laughs> next time you're out yeah. <laughs> you're welcome yeah. he, next lives, time. he lives like 20 minutes away oh okay so. a hop skip and a jump Literally. Nice. Yeah. She's been talking about you this whole, like, behind the scenes. No. She can't, she, she couldn't wait for you to be on. No, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. 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 I love talking about myself. Every, <laughs> and every episode leading up to this, I'm like, I'm going to have this. And then I saw Dave today, who is a, a mutual friend of ours. And I said, guess who's coming to my house today? Mm-hmm. And I told him, he was like, wait, why is he coming to your house and I'm like well Dave that's none of your business no it's for my pod it's for my podcast <laughs> but oh, I, I came to <laughs> lots of puns today <laughs> it's a jism joke sperm ejaculation the stuff that comes out of a penis Ashley thank you yeah. thank you You're I welcome. was wondering what it was yeah I don't know these some things. ladies don't know. I don't have a penis so I don't understand most of those jokes um Besides that, we are going to um, get into a couple of different statistics and tips as well when it comes to BDSM and kink, starting with my stat of the day. It's my stat of the day. Ooh, not fun. It's my stat of the day. Ooh, it's my stat of the day. So. 
it is really fucking difficult to get the general population to, I don't know if the word admit is the right word, but I guess understand or accept that they engage in kinky BDSM activities on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So I am of the mindset that probably like 90% of people are engaging in some form of BDSM or kink play Mm -hmm. when they have sex on a regular basis, whether or not they know it. Getting people Probably half of them don't know they are doing that exactly, and yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. yeah, you know, most people think BDSM and they think you know gimp suits and you know locking somebody in the closet and just slipping a tortilla under the door once do a month. Quote, I was gonna do a quote from Pulp Fiction too. That was my one of my next guests. Bring out the gimp. Yeah. Slipping a tortilla under the door. It's it's got so many layers and so many facets to mm. it. And there's so many different ways to be kinky. There are so many different ways to engage in fetish play. So I really found this statistic to not only be complete and total bullshit, um, but also striking. So it's not striking. It's not. You can't look. It's not my normal statistic of the day where you're going to give me one number. You're going to give me a range Okay. Okay, so Psychology Today, which is a trusted source of mine, compiled data from over 20 years of surveys and uh, forums and questionnaires and journal articles, and they found that the average American adult engages in kink or BDSM, and it's between two numbers. It's between this percent and this percent of adults engage in BDSM or kink play. So I want you to Is guess... Is that a once or an ever? Like, it's... According to researchers, somewhere between blank and blank percent of people mm-hmm. have engaged in BDSM or okay. kink play in their lifetime at least once have admitted have Mm -hmm. admittedly acknowledged and have understood that they have done so okay so what is the range i mean uh (laughs) let's say always guessed first i'm gonna say 45 percent and 54 percent okay 45 and 54 says it's a narrow gap because i feel confident about my guess okay I know what your stupid fucking guess is going to be, Robert. Uh, I don't think you do because it's a it's a gap, so I can't say that number. Oh, nice. I'm going to say fi- between fifty and sixty nine percent. I hate you so much. Okay, so we've got between forty five and fifty four percent from Rue, and we've got between fifty and sixty nine percent from Robert. People at home, please compile your thoughts. Get yourselves together and be prepared for the statistic towards the end of the episode. I'm going to go ahead and tell you both right now that you are way, way off. I was going to go between 6 and 9%, but way I thought off. that was too low. We're going to move on to my tip of the day. Tip of the day.
It's my favorite song of our, our it's a, whole it's show. It's a catchy one. It's good, right? It's really good. It's Nathaniel Hornblow is the uh, writer. Genius. And the genius behind that. This chair is very squeaky, by the way. Six tips to make sure that your kinky sex is safe sex. We want to make sure that everybody enjoys the kink that's happening. We want to make sure that everybody is safe. Uh, you don't want to engage in any sort of sexual act that is going to put anyone's uh, life in danger without their, you know, making sure that you have everything in place. Fire play is dangerous. Choking can be dangerous. Bondage, rope play mm-hmm. can be dangerous. So here are six tips. Isn't that nice? I only have six instead of 25. Aren't you proud of me? Thank you. Research, research, research. Before you do any kink, do your research to make sure that it's for you, especially for kinks that are sitting on the more extreme end of the scale. Um, So a really great research area or research website to go to is the Alternative Sexualities Health Research Alliance. Have you ever heard of them? No. Fantastic. Tell me all about it. I can't. Oh. I haven't researched it yet. Okay, cool. Uh What do you think about this, though, doing your research, making sure that the kink is for you? So when it comes to kinks and fetishes and fantasies, Mm -hmm. there is a very stark difference between your fantasy of something and the reality of it. Um, And it's so sad and so true when it actually like you have a fantasy and you get to act out that fantasy and Mm -hmm. you realize, wow, this isn't. That's not like the movies. No. Grip it and rip it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's not like the movies. Um, and that's, that's the thing. You know, sometimes fantasies are better as a fantasy because if you realize the reality of everything that has to go into making your fantasy a reality, um, and then you know, maybe the consequences of it yeah. or the work that you have to put in or the fucking cleanup. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's why I hate candle wax. Like oh, I hate God. wax play. Like it looks pretty. It's fun to do, but I fucking tell you, you'll find candle wax for months. <laughs> it's yeah, like you, sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or glitter. Oh God. I, I was just thinking glitter strip, is a, stripper glitter. <laughs> yeah. Glitter is a hard limit for me. <laughs> like, or, or even body shimmer. Um, People oh, that no. play with me, you know, clients in my professional, professional and personal life, know that uh, no, no glitter or body shimmer because no. that shit does not go away. Yeah. I so make it. sure that you want the glitter before you engage in glitter play. So this website you're talking about mm-hmm. is it like kind of like because when you said it, the first thing that came to my mind was like a like a harm reduction drug website. Where it's like, <laughs> hey, if you're gonna do this drug, here's the safe way to do it. You know, like, hey, if you're going to do this kink, you know, here's this safe way to do it. Like, if you're going to do, I don't know what some of the things are on there. Um, so well, the mission statement mm-hmm. of this website, as soon as my, my internet has been a giant bag of garbage on fire today. Mm. So give me five seconds. But the mission is to improve 
the physical and mental health of adults who engage in consensual and alternative sexual practices, including kink, BDSM, and sexual fetishism. We propose to accomplish this by conducting research to define unique biopsychosocial healthcare needs, document the use of the healthcare system, train medical and mental healthcare providers to deliver culturally competent, non judgmental, and knowledgeable care about BDSM practices, empower community members to act as effective partners in healthcare, advocate for equitable treatment within the healthcare system for all individuals, and promote consensual sexuality and diverse, relevant healthcare and social policies. Fuck, that's good. Is, are you hard? Because like, I, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not longer, sexy. but it's definitely thicker. Right? It's got a little like, ch- we like to call it the chub. Oh, no, I'm familiar. <laughs> I'm familiar. I'll send you the website. Cool, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, what I like about it is their broad scope. Uh-huh. I, this is just the mission statement. I cannot right. see the website. Right. I haven't clicked on it. I don't know nothing about it. Love what their mission is. I like that they're involving healthcare practitioners mm-hmm. into the practice of understanding kink and fetishes and normalizing it. The normalization mm-hmm. of sexual fantasies and sexual behaviors within mainstream life mm-hmm. is something again that goes back to my statistic of the day where I honestly think more people are engaging in this mm-hmm. and probably need someone to talk about with it yep. and probably don't have that person unless it's you know they have they happen to have a lifestyle dom in their back pocket yeah, yeah, yeah. or their healthcare provider happens to have been moonlighting as a lifestyle dom at mm-hmm. some point you're not walking into your GP and going, so I was flogged the other day and I've got this welt on my ass and I'm wondering if it's infected. Yeah. Like, they would look at you like you have three heads. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that should also be like uh, expanded into law enforcement. Agreed. So I've taught classes for uh, like therapists and uh, medical practitioners that want to be more kink-informed. And... You know, wow. love it when they do that. Yeah. My only like for that mission statement was they kicked it off with like it, it sounds kind of clinical. Like, oh, yeah. Just the way you're saying it, like using research, that means mm-hmm. statistics, like the statistics you just quoted. I know. Um, and so, and this is just my feeling off of what you read, and I don't know nothing about mm-hmm. this website, love mm-hmm. what they're doing, is like I, I felt like it needed. Uh, a grit, a human element. Uh-huh. Like, it is very clinical. You know, it's like, you know, if you engage in, you know, BDSM activities and you inflict corporal punishment upon your partner, <laughs> you know, by spanking your hand upon their bottom and they <laughs> become sexually aroused or engorged, you know, you have therefore uh, you know, committed sadomasochism. Um, <laughs> yeah. Instead and of like, could be flogged in public. Like, there's a <laughs> There's the the fuck factor is yeah. missing. The, no, the humanness, sure. like it, it feels a bit sad. So let me reword this. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> Hit me. We propose to accomplish this by conducting research on fucking. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. We want to document the use of fucking in mm-hmm. the healthcare system. Yes. Is that better? Yeah. We want to train medical and mental healthcare providers to deliver culturally competent, non-judgmental care about fucking. Okay, so we had a lot of fucking. How about like some some freak nasty? Okay, we want to empower community members to be freaky and nasty, Mm -hmm. to engage in their own kink, 
fetish and BDSM practices and effectively relay that through their healthcare practitioners. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Okay, I'm so yeah, happy send, that you like that. Send this to that. Okay. People. You're welcome, people. Tip part two, mm-hmm. build up slowly. Sometimes kinky sex involves mixing pain and pleasure, so mm-hmm. it's important to start slow. Yep, absolutely. You agree? Absolutely. Um, always start slow, and I would also add... Mm-hmm. Kink isn't just, so if we're going by the whole BDSM as kink, right? Right. Uh, SM is the, the last two bits. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a lot of bits that they've put in yeah, there. Yeah. It's fucking but, ridiculous. So also, if you're going to engage in the psychological part, which is my favorite. Um, we are going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're going to incorporate protocol, if you're going to incorporate uh, degradation, mm-hmm. you know, like calling somebody a dim-witted nincompoop <laughs> or a filthy little whore, whatever your flavor is. Um, Either side of the coin. You know, maybe start with, oh, you're so dim-witted. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and, you know, then maybe work your way up to, you nincompoop. Right. And then combine them, oh, you dim-witted nincompoop. Right. And then they... And then you see where it and goes Then they reach there. climax, Instead yes. of calling someone a fucking bitch, fucking whore, mm-hmm. you may want to start out with, you're so dirty mm-hmm. or you're so naughty. Mm-hmm. I don't like your mother. <laughs> oh, you just going straight for the, the, the neck shot. What was the movie, Robert, where, or the show? Oh, it was Sex in the City. Charlotte, who is Pearls and Wasp, right? Mm-hmm. Just Have you seen Sex in the City? You know, it's been a minute. It, so, but you know, Charlotte. She's the brown-haired one who's oh, yeah, prim and proper, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she always wears pearls. Mm-hmm. And she, yep, she was with someone, and he's just lovely, and takes her on dates, and opens the door for her, and buys her gifts, and compliments her, and wants to babies, mm-hmm. and it's just great. And then in bed, the moment he comes, he looks down at her and goes, "You fucking bitch, you fucking whore!" And then comes, and then he's done. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I can't get past it." I can't, I can't get past it. I can't, like, that's not for me. Everything else in the relationship is great. But as he ejaculates, he says, you fucking bitch, you fucking whore. And then he rolls over and it's almost like he does it in this other headspace that he does. He's not even aware that he's doing it. We are going to get into subspace because I, as a novice, could not get into that in my last episode. And I'm very excited to discuss subspace with you. That's why I wanted a psychological part. (laughs) Next tip, establish boundaries. Oh, God. Informed consent is the most important aspect of exploring kinky sex. Lay the ground rules before you get started. So give me some, give me some boundaries that you have with, with some of your subs. Some, some people. No glitter. No glitter. Yeah. <laughs> no wax. Fuck you. No glitter. That's well, the end. Wax, and wax for me is a, is a soft limit. <laughs> so, soft limit. What so does that mean? There's hard limits and soft limits. Okay. A hard limit is a never no, like, like no fucking way. What's another one for you besides glitter? So kids and animals. Okay. Those are those are hard limits. For what me. about poop? So. Oh. <laughs> poops, here's, poops physically oh. kind of soft. Here's here's so. Here's where I'm at. Here's I've I'm I've at. been doing this for a very long time. Uh huh. And the one kind of like through line that I've learned one of the many through lines 
is never say never. Okay. Until it happens and then you have to say never. No. So I had, I had a list of uh, kinks or like lists of things. Where I was like, these are my hard limits. Like piss. No fucking way. That's gross. That's, you know, that's dirty. <laughs> um, and now, like that used to be a hard limit. And now it's a fetish. Okay. Puke used to be a hard limit. Now it's a fetish. Okay. Um, so I learned to say never say never. Kids and animals, I, f- I feel safe saying never on that. <laughs> um, I feel safe on the never side. But when it comes to like the finer nuances, um, you know, it's it's kind of like, for for example, poop, right? Like whenever, like that's, that's like a common like taboo fetish, right? <laughs> Um, listen, I, listen, shit happens, especially during anal play. Mm-hmm. It happens. Exactly. It happens unexpectedly and sometimes without warrant or merit. It, it happens and it's embarrassing for some people. And mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons many people don't engage in anal play is mm-hmm. the fear of yep. feces. Because mm-hmm. it's taboo. Very. It's taboo. Love me some taboos. But if you are engaging in, I want to shit on your chest, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would ever be uncomfortable saying, no, no, never. Never for that. Wait, so that's a lot of double negatives. You're right. You want somebody to shit never. on your chest? I, you would don't ne- want- I would be okay with saying I never want someone to shit on my chest. Okay. That's going to go in my animal and children category. Okay. Kids, I'm, animals, and shit. Okay. Kid an- kids, animals, and intentional shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Unintentional shit, we can't avoid. Yes. So there's a little... There's, well, it's, like, it's a, such a fine line between... Yeah the unintentional shit of like when you play with fire you're gonna get burned correct if you do anal you're gonna get some shit on your dick correct right and in our culture you know poop is you know such a no-no right as from like when you're like able to know the word no or like even while somebody's changing your diapers and like you know yeah the smells and everything and you as a child are like I'm sorry. I just had a fucking... <laughs> you, you put stuff in this hole and it came out that hole. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. Um, so there's so much shame and taboo that's yeah. built into that. And it's that cultural shame and taboo that makes it a fetish. Interesting. That's, okay. that's where scat comes from. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, it's like the straight man butthole. You know, it's such a taboo. Nobody talks about the straight man's butthole. Nobody talks about you know, the straight man's we butthole. We don't touch it. We don't look at it. Nope. We don't. Matter. Don't even think about it. No, no, it, it does. It's not a thing. You know, and there's so much shame around. Yeah. It. Um, and by fetishizing something, mm-hmm. um, you can like overcome that. Okay. And so, like personally, I'm very poop shy. Like I don't think I will ever be able. <laughs> To, to please, please write that down because I'm gonna make it a shirt. Personally, <laughs> I'm, I'm poop shy. Very poop shy. Like, sorry, I'm poop shy. Yeah, like, like sorry, sorry, I'm poop shy. Yeah, That's sorry, amazing. I left your party early. I'm, I'm poop, poop shy. shy. Yeah, so public bathrooms, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> worst nightmare gives me anxiety. Give me my own throne. <laughs> You know, I my have double ply Charmin ultra double soft. ply squatty potty mm. like luxury <laughs> bidet. Okay. Um, so you know, so right now I'm I'm not I, I don't have a scat fetish. Uh huh. Right? Um, but 
If a sub I, came to you and said that they wanted, hmm. uh, I would say not not now. Uh huh. I would say not now. And that's a that's a good boundary. Yes. So that would be a, a soft limit. Okay. Right. And so soft limits. Back to what we were talking about: hard <laughs> limits, soft limits. Hard limits are never no. Soft limits are things um, where you're like, you know, if I'm and turned on enough like if i'm in the right situation uh-huh. and if i feel safe with this person and i feel like i'm physically and emotionally taken care of mm-hmm. uh before during and after the scene you know that is something that i'm willing to explore okay so th- that's the difference between hard and soft limits and you know so we're using an extreme example sure. like i'm i'm aware that the examples that i use are you know on both sides of yeah. the the wonderful scale that is BDSM. Oh, gosh. Um, and, you know, other soft limits can be like, uh, for example, choking. Okay. Right? Um, for a lot of people, uh, especially people that have had negative experiences of people touching their throats in a non-consensual way, yeah. they're like, don't you fucking touch my throat right. because I was bullied, I was beaten, I was, you know, right. bad experiences. Right. So they're like, not a sexy thing for me. But I'm curious about it. So if I'm turned on enough and I feel safe with you yeah. and we're at that point. It's husband uh, Kevin Weller, everyone. Thank husband you. Kevin Weller. Who makes a really good old fashioned. And he just came in to pour Rue another old fashioned. Thank you, honey. Thank hey, you. honey, is poop a hard limit for you or a soft, a hard no or a soft no for you? Definitely hard no. Hard no. Hard no hard for no. husband Kevin Weller. Okay. Thank you very much for your input. I love you. <laughs> she loves you. Thank you for the cocktail. Um, so, you know, if you feel safe with somebody, if you're turned on enough, if the mood is right, yeah. if you've had a long enough relationship, then, okay, you can touch it. Okay, you know, now you can squeeze it. So when you are, back to your uh, sex boundaries. tip, um, setting those boundaries, something that you want to go over the person that you're negotiating these boundaries with is... Um, you know, is this a hard limit or a soft limit? Let me ask you a question. How do you know how how do you know which boundary there's so like I feel like you would have to go th- okay. Forgive the fucking reference, please. Mm-hmm. God damn it. It's gonna be fifty shades. It, in it. fucking is. Okay. You know how they go through that contract and they spend like hours going yeah. through this contract? Mm-hmm. How do you know which boundaries to talk about and which ones don't need to be talked about like do you go in saying this is exactly how the scene is gonna go and mm. there's no room for any uh improv there's no room for any off script like or do you have to touch upon every possible scenario that could happen so the contract from the uh, Twilight fan fiction from the bullshit movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Twilight fan fiction <clears throat> um, they were going over like a 24-7 relationship okay. contract okay so those things can at some point during a day or a night happen okay now when you're just going to engage in play with somebody whether it's a partner or a pickup play or a professional setting that is automatically going to narrow your options, okay. right? So let's say I'm working at a, a vanilla club, right? What's the difference? So vanilla club is um, not a kink club. So it's it's, it's like um, uh, like for example, Bar Sinister, right? Okay. In LA. Okay. It's a goth club, 
that has a little kink section. So um, that... But no one's getting naked. Nobody's getting naked. You're not allowed to show nipples or... uh, No one's getting penetrated. No pink, no penetration. Um, No fluid swaps, right? Okay. So if you're in in a club setting, like automatically those things are off the table. Okay. Right? And then... Um, in, you know, or just if you're going to play with a partner, you know, something that I would do is I would pull out the toys that I have in mind. I would say, okay, these are, and also with, with clients, like, you know, we negotiate beforehand, like what kind of stuff do you like? What do you want to feel? Blah, blah, blah. And then they say, oh, I like this, 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 and this, or they say, I'm curious about this, this. And then I pick out the toys. And at the beginning of the scene, I show everything and I say, what would you like to add or subtract? Interesting. And so okay. then they look at the toys and then they say, oh, uh, the cane? No, thank you. <laughs> I take it off the table, right? So that is automatically, you know, and that's, yeah. it's not like a sit down like, you know, how do you feel about corporal punishment <laughs> of the buttocks with a rattan cane, with a metal cane, with a fiberglass cane, you know, with how a do reinforced you feel about leather. Glass dildos, rubber dildos, yeah. plastic beads. dildos. Yeah. So, um, you know, so contextually often things are automatically not on the table okay um and also there can be uh implied consent but that is not something that you should ever rely on Uh uh-huh um even in established relationships right if you think there is implied consent you still have to check in and be like hey how do you feel about today yeah because you know something that they were in 20 minutes ago they might not be into right now right um so it does have to be communicated yeah it doesn't have to be boring um you know so checklist checklist can be boring yeah but you can make it sexy you know like unless that's your kink and you really like checklists yeah and you're like for the the uh, for the ocd person who's like, like can we check it off can we check it off check it off was it type Fuck. A, right? Is that what that's that's me. Okay, yeah. So, like spreadsheet people, oh um, you can make a checklist, yeah. And you can, but most of the time, negotiations and I was saying this, and I'm going to say it now. Um, scene negotiations is not a negotiation. No. Because when you know when I say negotiate, like I'm like, hey, buy this car, and you say I'll give you five thousand dollars. I say no, but it's worth ten, and you say, but I'll only have. Six and then, okay, give me seven. So that's a negotiation, right? Yeah. In a BDSM setting, it's not a negotiation. It's not like somebody comes up to you and say, "Hey, I don't want anal," and then you say, "What about a pinky?" <laughs> right? You. It is a setting of boundaries. <laughs> that's the end. I don't want anal. Well, what about no, no? Yeah. What about just the tip? Just the feel. <laughs> come just, on, babe. Come, come on. Come on. Come on, babe. It feels real good. Yeah. Let me just lick it. <laughs> Chad did it to me the other day. Um, <laughs> no, straight men don't have buttholes. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, Chad. Um, Poor so, Chad. It, yeah, negotiations aren't negotiations. They're a conversation about boundaries. So. What about consent? Because the next tip, or or not consent, safe words. The Mm -hmm. next tip is choose a safe word. And I feel like this is where vanilla partners get really excited. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my God, I'm going to pick the word hippopotamus. Or like, I'm going to pick pineapple. Why does everybody pick pineapple, by the way? Why the fuck does everybody pick pineapple? I think because, when I really get into it. uh, Yeah. uh, Jung. Uh, 
the collective unconscious, uh-huh. pineapple is the symbol for swingers. Um, so I think somehow, oh somewhere God. in pop culture, that was planted and it got picked up by the collective unconscious mm-hmm. as the safe word. Um, but your safe words are red and green. And yellow. Yellow is the important one. Yellow? So imagine, if you will, a stoplight. <laughs> a what? Yes. Um, so the It makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Red, yellow, and green. Like mm-hmm. that makes it, you don't have to, what the fuck was my safe word? Like, was it papaya? Like, I'm in pain and I can't remember the word. Like, yeah. red, yellow, green is so ingrained into our conscious mind of mm-hmm. stop. Yep. Slow down. Mm-hmm. And fucking go exactly let's go yes pedal to the metal yes and the um the problem that i have and the problem with a uh one word safe word system Mm -hmm. is it's binary okay so you use the safe word when things have gone too far like you're not having fun anymore right and you never want to get to that point never right so you know like in in experience, you can have a great time leading up to something shitty happening, and you're saying, "Ouch, motherfucker! Don't <laughs> ever do that again." Yeah, right. So th- there's a there's a binary that happens. A, Pleasure a gone. Exactly. In like, both, someone has shame. Like, someone has fear, and you've introduced all these negative emotions. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the nice thing about having the the three light the three safe word system is you can check in with somebody, and they can say yellow and they say okay what hurts and then they say this this bind is is pinching me or like my ass is getting kind of worked can we move on to a different body part okay now the scene didn't stop we didn't get to a part where somebody's having a bad time right they're just like uh, if we keep going down this path like let's uh, get a little much so then it's really easy to adjust yeah and keep going without having somebody have a shitty experience and you know at the end of the day they'll never get to the safe word as the dom do you ask them throughout like tell me your color mm-hmm. oh you do okay mm-hmm. so you're saying what are you what are you saying what is your color or what yep, okay I say, what's your color okay and if they say green you continue with what you're doing or do you ever increase the threshold a I, little? I, I can increase so here's here's pro tip number two <laughs> The intensity scale. Okay. So at the negotiation stage, uh-huh. I say, okay, what number do you want to go to today from one through 10? One is, is this thing on? 10 <laughs> is being mauled by a bear. Okay. Kind of like when you go to the hospital and they show you little smiley faces. The little faces. The sad faces. Kind of like that. Yeah. So, um, and that intensity isn't just for the amount of pain. That intensity can be emotional and psychological and as pleasure well. as well. Yes. So, um, you know, you, you negotiate your scene like, oh, I want some uh, impact play, I want some bondage, I want some degradation, whatever. Um, and then you say, okay, cool. Discuss your your uh, boundaries, and you say, what number do you want to go to? And then you have to do it right before the scene. You know, you, you can't do this like a week ahead because they're like, I want to go to a fucking ten and then, <laughs> on Saturday. Yes. And then Thursday comes, and they're like. I want to go to a two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so you, like after we, we kind of get started and do a little warm up, I say, okay, what's your number? And then they say, 
I'm at a two. Mm-hmm. And I know they want to go to an eight. So I know I can ramp this fucker up. But you still go slow. Mm-hmm. Still go slow. And, but I know they're at a two and they want to go to an eight. If you know they want to go to uh, like a four and they want to go to a five, like, okay, I can just a little bit more intensity. Yeah. And that intensity, again, is not just physical pain. It can be emotional and psychological intensity as well. Yeah. Okay. Practice bondage safety. Never leave a restrained person unattended, mm-hmm. even for a moment. Mm-hmm. If the dom needs to leave the room for any reason whatsoever, always release the sub to avoid catastrophe i feel like there's a very there's a lot of scary words in that tip mm-hmm. can you soften that yes thank you so um a lot of like kink education is don't do this or somebody will die okay <laughs> no really um which is kind of like the sex education that i received is <laughs> you know if, if you have sex your dick's gonna fall off here's a picture of syphilis <laughs> um that's fair so that is fair um, you know, in kink education, it's also something that I'm very aware of is softening it, right? So w- your chances of, you know, like let's say I have somebody tied to the bed with okay. under the bed restraints. It's I have some. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're um, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your husband told me about it. <laughs> I bet so he did. He's real proud of him. The... The, you know, the chances of something catastrophic happening, of you being tied to the bed with those soft... Like an earthquake. Yes. He goes to pee, um, an earthquake happens, or, you know, you have a stroke, or, you know, you have a IBS and you're going to shit the bed, <laughs> and it's a hard limit for you. Um, so there's... oh. Fuck, there's so much I want to talk about. <laughs> um, back to safe words, you can also have uh, like a different color, like for example, purple um, or... Brown? Well, so <laughs> let's say you're playing with somebody that has a disability, right? Okay. Um, and and so, uh, the IBS story just reminded me of a, of a <laughs> class that I heard where somebody has IBS and they can't be bound for a long time. And so they don't want to use green, yellow, or red because that means the scene is over. But, you know, like there's an extra safe word needed for, oh, okay. hey, I, I need, need to get break. out. It's, it's coming out. Like it's prairie dogging. <laughs> um, so this person... Percolating. This, this person's particular safe word for that, there's mutiny <laughs> because their body is rebelling, you know, or I've, um, you know, played with other people with different disabilities where, um, you know, they have like bad knees so they can't stand for a long time okay so but they don't want the scene to be over they just need a break they was well they would say purple i know okay let's give the knees a break let's move on to something else we can keep the intensity or um you know any kind of i would use brown brown i have to shit yeah well in the ibs situation that would be that would be apropos yeah apropos (laughs) Thank you for changing that because I was just about to. (laughs) Last tip, remember aftercare. Can Mm. you, oh, I knew you were going to want to talk about this one so much. And we can talk about it more later. Mm -hmm. But aftercare is so very important in in BDSM, especially when you aren't just doing a light spanking before you engage in intercourse or you're, you're not just you know, tickling someone with a, a feather but aftercare when you are engaging in an intense scene um 
or intense play and and you want to make sure that you care for someone's mental and physical well-being after the scene. So, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need aftercare throughout intimacy. I don't know. What's your take on that? Yes. Well, okay. It's not aftercare, it's just care, right? Mm. Um so aftercare is one of my favorite parts yeah. of kink. And aftercare is also something that needs to be negotiated. Ahead of time. Ahead of time. Because different people have different needs for aftercare. What if they don't know what they need after? Then you ask them, what are your love languages? Mm. <laughs> Rue, I and love if, the love languages. And if they Those say, are my favorite. If they say like touch and words of affirmation, then you know, okay, I'm going to... You know, take this person on a journey and afterwards I'm going to give them touch and say, hey, you did a great fucking job. Here's some cuddles. Right. And if they say acts of service, then you make them tea. If, you know, they say gifts, you're like, hey, I brought you some chocolates for after the scene. Um, But negotiating what and this is something that you develop over time as well, Mm -hmm. what you need for aftercare is knowing if the person that you're about to play with if you have similar aftercare needs, you know, cause I, um, I, I did a, a, a rope scene once with somebody and I was like, and before the, we did the scene, I was like, what are your aftercare needs? She's like, I want to be left the fuck alone. I want to be wrapped <laughs> up in a blanket. I want to eat ice cream. Don't talk to me. <laughs> and so me as a Robert, cop, does that speak to that's you? That's me every day. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And so, you know, this was a, in a professional setting. We were uh, doing a, a private event for a high net worth individual. Um, uh, and is that a fancy way of saying a rich person? Like stupid rich. <laughs> um, like he hired, I think, five professional people and myself just because he was interested in learning about rope. And kink. Did, so, did anyone tie him up? No, he just wanted to like kind of watch and see what it's about. And um, like we all went over to this like mansion where like he was visiting a, another high net worth friend and they had like a poker weekend and, you know, like stupid money on. So they were playing poker and you got to tie people up in the background. No. So I came over and, you know me and the other professionals that were there, we charged by the hour and as you should, we, we show up and they're like, Oh yeah, he's uh, he's taking a nap right now. Like, okay. And then like a couple hours later he comes down and they invited like, just like some other friends as well. And the, the person who hired me is like, yeah, so he wants to learn about kink. And so I just talked to him about kink throughout the night and I did like a little rope class for everyone, but it was mostly for him. Uh-huh. Uh, did this rope demo with the person that just wanted to be wrapped up in a blanket and ice cream. Um, <laughs> and yes, yeah, I don't want to uh, divulge uh, more information. But so um, we did this whole thing. The whole point is aftercare. You have to negotiate that. And I am a cuddler. Like I, I like touch. That, like, my favorite part. And the Dom needs aftercare too. Thank you for saying that. No, they do. Like you are provide look, just because you're professional and you're providing a service and you are the one who is in actively engaging in the 
the BDSM acts mm-hmm. to give sometimes pretty brutal mm-hmm. and intense mm-hmm. acts. Mm-hmm. Someone should fucking cuddle you afterwards. Yes. So in a professional setting, that is not something that's on the table. It's just the nature of the beast. In a non-professional setting, mm. um, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, like, I've been doing this for a long-ass time, professionally and personally. It is so rare that people say, what do you need for aftercare? And, like, when a sub asks me that, I'm like, oh, shit. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> well, like... In that moment, because here's the thing, um, you know, everybody thinks about the the sub's mental and physical well-being because they're the one who's being, uh, you know... Attended to. Yeah, yeah. They're the one that can suffer grievous bodily harm. Sure. Um, But as a top and as a a dom, um, when you do engage in the the kind of BDSM that I like to engage, there is... The corporal kind. Well, no, the psychological. Kind. Uh-huh. Um, there is a vulnerability that is on both sides. Right. Right. Because every time I play with somebody, whether it's in my personal life or professionally, I show the fuck up. Right. <laughs> like right. me. You're giving it everything. Like I've had scenes where I'm like beating the shit out of a client and they're weeping and I'm so proud of them yeah. that I get choked up. Oh. And again, just like the sub has to be safe, the dumb also has to be safe. Yeah. And when I feel safe and you know, so what I do, what, what, what my purpose is in life is I create a safe space for somebody to have an emotional, physical, sexual, psychological, or spiritual uh, breakthrough or catharsis or new experience like that feeds my fucking soul yeah and very rarely do i get somebody that says back to me what do you want out of this yeah you know in a professional capacity that doesn't matter like i'm a pleasure factory no 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 it's the nature of the beast it's not glamorous and we'll talk about that later Mm -hmm. um that's sex work right right um right so but in a personal capacity when I have somebody that says, what would you like out of this? How can I give back to you through my submission? What would you like the scene to be? What do you need for aftercare? Like that moment makes me feel, just the question makes me feel so safe, safe. and taken care of. Attended that, to. And it's, it's and it can be, you know, like I want the same cuddles that you want afterwards. I want you to like in the next week, just shoot me a message and say, hey, I'm doing good. How are you feeling? Yeah. Like my needs are small. Yeah. But if a person gives me back just that little grain of uh, reciprocity. Reciprocity. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I can take them so much further. Right. You, they give you an inch and you'll take them. The whole fucking (laughs) mile. The whole, I'll take them around the world. On that note, We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive directly into Rue. I know. How deep? Pretty deep. Three knuckles? At least. Okay. At least. At least three knuckles. 
I know you do. We're going to talk about uh, your life, possibly about growing up, possibly about what brought you to where you are today. Um, I'd like to discuss callers. I'd also like to discuss how you integrate your life as a professional lifestyle dom into your life as a significant other. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Let's, fucking, I'm let's so get excited. weird with it. Let's get weird. Everybody come back. We're going to get real weird. Ever waddle to the bathroom after sex, towel between your legs, desperately trying to keep the freshly delivered load from dripping down your leg and onto your hardwood? Well, worry no more. Awkward Essentials introduces the drip stick, or as I like to call it, the cum sponge. This medical grade sponge sucks up jizz before it sneaks onto your sheets. Visit awkwardessentials.com today and use my code, WYP, for a 10% discount. They offer numerous products for all types of fun fluids. Keep your shorts semen-free and use my code today. That's WYP and save 10%. Awkward Essentials, making bodily fluids less awkward. What's Your Position podcast wants to hear from you. Call 513-6969-SEX anytime and leave us a message. Maybe you have a question about anal. You have a fact about fisting. Or you just want to say, hello, fellow human. 513-6969-SEX. Call us. We will play your message in an upcoming episode. That's 513-69-69-739. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. Welcome back, fellow humans. Uh, who's this? Is this Infected Mushroom? Indeed it is. Oh, shit. This is a good remake. This is... It's like their most recent. I think they put it out this year. Okay. I love this song. I would sing... I sing this song at karaoke every time I, I oh, do karaoke. karaoke. Shut the fuck up. Do you karaoke? Oh, like a motherfucker. No, Rue. You like don't understand. motherfucker. Like... I, I shred the two things that are the two things that are sacred to me, kink, and performing. I fuck up a karaoke. Okay, don't fucking there's kari- let's go. Let's go. So there's kinky karaoke. Shut 
your in mouth. where we live. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. I'll send you deets. Please. Kinky karaoke. Yep. Like I can show Live up. Live show. Like I can. Ooh. <laughs> like I can show up in like kinky outfits. No. It's oh. Well, there's there's two different there's two different kinky karaoke's. There's one at a dungeon oh. where you can can show up in kinky clothes, okay. and then there's another one that uh, a uh, a black diamond social club. Um, oh. They. Um, take over a bar and do like it's called a blackout um, so like black diamond people go there and do karaoke so it's, it's kind of like a munch please send oh yeah please send me a link because I love I, I am not going to toot my own horn but you can toot my horn and tell him that I am not horrible at singing I mean, she's all right, I guess. I'll kill you. No, I mean, my mom, <clears throat> she was a great... She's still a great singer. She's yeah, coming she back. My mom, she uh, sh- she did all 80s and all this stuff. And she, I hear her now, and I go, that's my mom. Like, you have yeah. shades of my mom. This and she weird, had a band and a CD and... Very much like, you guys have a sound that's kind of like a Melissa Etheridge, Bonnie Raitt, Pat yeah. Benatar, kind yeah. of this rocky i like to sing kinda, the beatles and you have a little okay. kind of a lower range for, I do. A, for, a, for a lady I sing a lot of male songs songs by men she is awesome she is and i when i saw that as a song i was like oh ashley's <laughs> gonna fucking love she loves this song and my mom did a really good time. cover of it she too. did i yeah. know she does a great version of that song yeah. anyways holy shit now i love you even more yeah let's fucking do this let's fucking go i always get a bruise and a scab because you left slide knee. I have choreography. Come on. Um, I have a set same, list and choreography. Same. And I always fuck up my left knee for I some I will tell reason. you right now, I do Alanis Morissette, You Oughta Know. You, you, you oughta know. You oughta know. That black velvet and mm-hmm. then four non-blondes, what's up? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh my God, do I cry. Ugh. Ugh. And so I cry sometimes when I'm lying. Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, we're done. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, anyways. Welcome back, fellow humans, to What's Your Position, where we are not talking about karaoke at all. We're talking about kink. Actually, karaoke might be my kink. I I get pretty turned on when I sing karaoke. I'm not going to lie. Hard thing. It's, it's, God, that that vein of performance, vein, pun intended, that, that vein of performing is different for me than when I teach or when I do my podcast. Mm. It's like a, it's like a different person. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. No. So I, so sorry, listeners, <laughs> you wanted a, like a sex podcast. Well, no, nope. suck a dick. We're talking about karaoke. Um, so some of my Just friends, throw the word dick in every once yeah, in a while. So some of my friends, uh, we went to like, they've never met. So karaoke room, is a whole different person that they don't know. Oh, fantastic. So these friends met Karaoke Room. Like, that's what he's referred to as. And they were like, holy shit, fucking Karaoke Room. Because for the most part, I'm even kill guy, like, mm-hmm. super, just chill, he goes, never raise my voice. Karaoke Room. Big fucking character. That's exciting. I'm a different person when I'm on stage, too. It's true. When I was once it's a true. rock star, I would... I would feel that bass in that crowd, and I I would turn into somebody different. And I'm a total introvert, but on stage, feeling the extra- bass of the bass in the crowd, <laughs> and, t- and I would talk to the crowd like that's not me. What the fuck? No, that's yeah. not you. Were well, your were your palms didn't sweaty? Do it. No, arms weak. Um, I do like sp- my mom's spaghetti. Okay, yeah. Was it on your sweater? No, I don't wear sweaters anymore. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't. He gets real, real. Can we get back to flushed. our podcast? Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Rue. Yes. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? 
in South Africa. In South Africa, which mm-hmm. would explain to the listener the accent. I've been curious this whole time. Yeah, I always tell people if you can't place an accent, it's probably South African. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah, bro. Say bro. Your parents were both born there? or mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, parents and, then, and grandparents and grandparents and grandparents. Wow. Yeah, like many, many generations. Yeah. Many a generation. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you were there? Five years ago. My husband and I are considering going to Africa for our next big trip. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize how large of a... <laughs> Can you be more American right now? We didn't realize how large of a country it was. We thought to ourselves, let's go to Morocco Mm because we really, really love uh, uh, the history and the culture Mm -hmm. in Morocco. Mm -hmm. We want to go and experience the uh, Chefalou and and Fez and Casablanca. And then we were like, let's go to Tanzania because we want to go on a safari. And mm-hmm. then also, literally, a 30-minute ferry ride away from Tanzania is some of the bluest fucking water you will ever see in Zanzibar. Fuck Bali. Fuck, like, the Seychelles. Zanzibar has some of the most gorgeous water and the best resorts in the on the east, co- east coast of Africa. And this portion is brought to you by... <clears throat> Zanzibar. Didn't use you? promo code <laughs> for fifteen percent off your Zanzibar excursion. Didn't realize the flight from Morocco to Tanzania was seventeen hours. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a big one. It's a big one. That's a deep flight. So South Africa yep. is at the southern tip of Africa. <laughs> is that correct? It's right there in the name. <laughs> it's great. It's right there in the name. How long did you live there? Uh, Nineteen years. Wow. Mm-hmm. The formative years. Nah. The traumative years. <laughs> the attachment style years. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you have brother and sisters? I have stepbrothers and a half sister. Nice. Mm-hmm. I grew up with them or did you grow up an only child? Both. You know, broken household. Oh, uh, same. Yeah, well, you got a 50-50 chance. That's true. Um, That's true. So, yeah, I, I think I got the best of both worlds. Okay. You know, part only child, part um, sibling. Okay. Uh, my sister was late. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was nice. Why did they, why did you move at 19? Did you move with someone or did you just say, I'd like to go to California? Uh, no, I did not want to leave. My, oh. uh, my mom and my stepdad came. Okay. They came and, uh, they're like, Hey, we're we going to America. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I said I was going to chain myself to a tree. Um, how very kinky. I know. I known. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I didn't want to come. I was, Why? Well, I was fucking 19 and dumb. And I have built up a name for myself in South Africa as a singer. Um, I had a boy band that had like fairly decent success. I'm going to need to know the name of this boy band. Well, no, it, it, you, you won't find it. Um, Bet. No, no, like it's, there's nothing out there. Well, there's like, there's some VHS out God there. Um, yeah, I was actually like headhunted by like South Africa's like big boy band um, before I finished what? high school. Yeah, and well, now uh, I'm scared to sing karaoke with you. And um, my dad was like, "No, you have to finish high school before." Um, so I missed that opportunity. So I had a I had a name for myself as a uh, singer and a performer. Wow. Um, in South Africa, and I was like kind of up and coming. 
Uh, I performed in the World Championships of Performing Arts, represented South Africa, got seven gold medals. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, homie got pipes. Um, <laughs> so I had that going for me. And I didn't want to leave that because I had my friends, yeah. you know, because when you're 19, you know, like life is so, Why so much Why didn't you angst. stay? I think deep down inside, I knew it was the right thing to do, uh, you know, come to America because the, the music scene and the, the performance scene is so much bigger than South Africa. Like in South Africa, I can right now, like if you name, which you cannot, um, any South African celebrity, I can have his or her. Kylie or, Minogue. Not South African, English. I, sorry. Um, no, actually, I, I think she's Australian. Oh, Charlize Theron. Theron. My mom was her Afrikaans teacher. What does that mean? Afrikaans? Like, That's that a language. Issue? Yeah, it's a language. Oh. So it's it's my first language. I was gotcha. just going to oh. say downstairs you said English is your second language. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. your first? Afrikaans. Okay. Can you... I don't know what that is. I don't either. I've actually never heard of this language before. Can Can you say... Um, Ashley, would you like me to chain you up to a wall in Afrikaans? Okay. So here's the kicker. Damn it. It's such an unsexy language. <laughs> so I have, I have a like du- German. I have a Dutch. No, like German still has some, some yeah, good words. I'll give you slow it down, I guess. Yeah. Um, I have a Dutch friend and like, we often like one like the few times we talk is just like how unsexy oh. so Afrikaans is a is a derivative of Dutch um, oh, how okay. unsexy and castrated the the language is like it is impossible to talk dirty in Afrikaans I still want you to say Ashley can I chain you up to a wall in Afrikaans all right, let me. Let we'll me. be the judge of how sexy it yeah, is. Yeah, I'll be the judge. And of our, this. our listeners. Anybody who speaks Afrikaans or Dutch, I hereby formally apologize <laughs> <laughs> for what's about to happen. <laughs> Ashley. Yeah. Can I go to Okay, truly not unsexy. No, I think German's way less it was, sexy. It was the eye contact. I, I sold it. Like, yeah, you I definitely did sold it. You, you definitely sold it. Sold I feel it. like Russian, no, and cool. apologies to all the Russian listeners who aren't listening because we get blocked. <laughs> um, <laughs> Russian to me, and also I've traveled to a lot of Baltic countries mm-hmm. like Croatia, Montenegro, and Albania. Mm-hmm. That's a rough, those are rough languages. Like to say hello, how do you say hello in Afrikaans? Hello. Hello. Yeah, okay. so, like, so um, it, you know, you can, it's kind of like uh, German, like, you know, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, um, you know, goeiemorgen, goeiedag, goeienaand. Okay. Um, so. Doberdan is Croish. Okay. <laughs> Which is harsh. It's yeah. It's aggressive. Yeah, for me, it's, it's not so much about the, the vowels and the consonants, it's about the words. Okay. Right? So. And they taught you both English and... Afrikaans, yes. So I I basically started learning English around the second grade. Okay. Like, officially. Um, So, and we want to get into linguistics and culture. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, in English, you know, for the word vagina, Mm -hmm. you know, you have cunt. 
Yeah. You have pussy. Yeah. You have kitty. You have... Twat. Twat. You know, there's so many nuanced words that have... Cum dumpster. Uh, penis pocket. Mm-hmm. Sheath. Sheath. Which is the original meaning of vagina. Exactly. Yeah. Or um, a sword. Yeah. So... It's very fucking heteronormative. Yeah, I know. God damn it. Fucking straights. Um, so... Wow, that just blew my mind. Really? That's what... Yeah, mm-hmm. vagina oh, wow. means sheath. It's for that's the thing the sword goes into, right? Correct. Yep. Wow, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. If you think about it, well, in audio terms, it's male and female. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. the pointy the thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's still around. In Afrikaans, what is vagina? Fahina. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a curse word, boos, which is boos, boos with a p, boos. Yeah. Um, or, oh, I'm using that for now on. Or which um, is derived from box in Dutch. Do you ever use these words in no. the middle of scenes? Nope, no, no, <laughs> no. Is that a hard no? A hard no. Um, well, no, soft no. Okay, um, soft no. I will use them. What if, if someone if has a linguist? What if someone has a linguist, a linguistic fetish, and is like, call me every dirty name you know in every language? I'd like that scene. Um, right? That's a great scene. If you're out there, hit me up. Um, <laughs> so, um, back to me growing up in South Africa and Afrikaans being such a sterile language. Yeah. Um, it is like it's such a clumsy language when mm-hmm. it comes to sex and sensuality, sensuality, Passion. filth, mm-hmm. vulgarity. Were you filthy and vulgar as a child? No. 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 Is South Africa religious? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Steeped? Like, oh, yeah. Like dripping. a spun, Like a fucking dripping. tiramisu? Yeah, dripping. Dripping? dripping. Well, which, which religion? Catholicism? Uh, Christian, no, Christianity. Oh, Christianity. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's what I so, um, the particular uh, cult that I, <laughs> I was. Hail Satan. Yeah, all hail. Um, hail Satan. Is. Uh, like a Dutch reformed. So it's, it's like... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because the Dutch colonized... Uh, Correct. Yes, I understand of, now. I'm sorry. I totally know this. Yeah, it is. I do. So good. Um, so... That's why it's like the whitest part of Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the the language and the culture and the religion is very uh, conservative. Whitewashed. Whitewashed. Well... There's a whole fucking bit about that. Um, so, you know, we had the whole apartheid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was there in 1994 when Nelson Mandela was released. Um, so I was there for that big change. What? Yeah. So we were ready for, like, war, right? Um, but he was an incredible leader and made a very smooth transition from a very oppressive apartheid um, regime into what an a, amazing thing a to be a part democracy. of democracy wow so you know I, I was i was 11 at the time yeah um so i i was i was there and aware and you know that's the the culture that i was raised in mm-hmm. um very conservative mm-hmm. and i'm so absolutely glad that i came to america mm-hmm. and left that behind i've uh since Click the unsubscribe, <laughs> block, and report a spam button on Christianity. Hey, hey amen. <laughs> All hell. All hell. Um, 
<laughs> we're both card carrying members of the Church the of Satan no, and the no, no, no. or the Satanic Temple. Yeah, there you go. There's a difference. TST. Yep. There is a there is a difference. Mm-hmm. The, and the Satanic Temple also uh, unofficial sponsor the Satanic Temple, who is working tirelessly to make abortion rights legal in states where it is not based mm-hmm. on religious. Uh, in my religion, it's okay. In, in that religion, it is okay, and mm-hmm. it's part yeah. of their religious mm-hmm. um, freedoms. Yep. And so, if you are protected under the constitution, it's protected under the constitution, under anybody's constitution, mm-hmm. you cannot say that you that. Yeah. Anyways, unofficial sponsor. <laughs> we'll give them a shout out at the end for our, char- uh, our charity thing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, when you came here to America, did you come straight to California? I did. Okay. I did straight to Southern, the OC. Straight to the OC. Okay, uh, which is. In some regards, probably way different from what you experienced in in South Africa, but mm. in other regards, I don't know it's a lot of white people. Still, a lot of white people, <laughs> a lot of religion, mm-hmm. and the reddest part of California, mm-hmm. like very red. Mm-hmm. Um, did you experience? I mean, you didn't have to go to high school here. Did no. you go to college? I did. Yes. Okay. Uh, what did you major in? Theater. <laughs> Why did I ask? I don't even know. <laughs> what did you want to do? I wanted to be a performer. Okay. Did you do... A singer? Well, singer. Singer. Okay. And then, like, theater, secondly. How did you find BDSM? So, it was unrelated. Um, really? Well... I'm sorry, the, but the theater, because the, I was a theater major. Kink. And kink. Theater. And, I was just going to say. Ad Renaissance Fair. Dear... Huzzah! He's doing a Van Graham. The big Van tipper. Van he's Van doing Graham. this. Oh yes, so big big oh, theater. Yes. Theater and and BDSM are like this. Well, and yeah, then no, it's, on it's, top, it's more like like ninety. Like it's like it's like big old crossover. And then you've got the Renaissance Fair that crosses over because you've got the tits, mm-hmm. right? And you've got corsets, s- the whips. corsets and the whips, mm-hmm. and you've got the stocks the where people Puritans, are fucking boo, yeah. boo Puritans. Um, because the theater, I, I was a theater kid too. I, mm-hmm. I grew up doing theater and then I moved to California from Seattle to become an actress. What mm-hmm. I wanted to be an actress. <laughs> Thank you. It, stupid, mm-hmm. right? I got here and realized what it meant to mm-hmm. want to become an actor. And I was like, fuck that noise. I want to be something better than that. I, like that. I don't want to be an actress or an actor. I want to educate. Mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. you realized i don't what did you realize i don't want to be a singer i want to like you said giving people the freedom to have these religious and spiritual and sexual mm-hmm. and psychological feelings feeds your soul mm-hmm. when did you realize that now here's the thing so i'm a kink educator and I also used to teach voice and guitar lessons. Okay. <laughs> now, okay. you know, my, my students, when I, when I taught voice, you know, they're mostly like tweens. Sure. And my kink work, all adults. Yeah. Um, Thank. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Too hard limits. Kids are <laughs> animals. So, something that I've noticed um, is that in both jobs I create a safe space oh. for somebody to express themselves and have a aha moment or a catharsis yeah. mentally, emotionally, 
psychologically, spiritually, or physically. So whether I'm helping somebody sing a note mm -hmm. and express themselves through their art, wow. or whether my modality is kink, it's the same thing. Yeah, I'm holding space for somebody to have a breakthrough. Who was the first person to introduce you to BDSM? So even before... Well, it was <laughs> that was the, the rewind, the rewind. Sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was pretty good that was good. actually really good yeah. thank you um, I don't even think the audience needs to know what that is and I beatbox um, yeah, the producer I made that sound yeah. you didn't uh, no. oh damn it <laughs> so growing up in South Africa very conservative very Christian boo sex um, like I told you earlier about my, my sex education it was like you're gonna have sex this is what your dick's gonna this look like this is syphilis yep prepare to have it fall off gonorrhoeposyphilates yep gonorrhoeposyphilates um, that's what I was taught so even before I was sexually active I had a knack of telling girls what to do and they would do it <laughs> God, I wish I had that <laughs> fuck I was born this way you know like <laughs> I, I Pers the power of persuasion, and I thought like it was like those cartoons where like little lightning bolts come out of your eyes uh -huh. and like hypnotize somebody. Uh -huh. um, so like I had this dominant thing, and didn't quite know what to do with it. Yes, and also like when, you know when I, when we were kids, like playing doctor, like yes, it was the doctor, <laughs> this guy. So. I had a lot of guilt and shame about that. So much shame. Yeah. Like, you know, every New Year's resolution, oh. you know, so many prayers like... Oh, every night before you go to bed. Yeah. Dear Lord, five pound, you know, swaddled rosy cheek baby mm -hmm. Jesus. Or sometimes dear six pack Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, Depending on the day. Yeah. Mine was, please don't let me die a virgin. Oh. Love to unpack that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so a lot of guilt and shame about that. Yeah. Uh, because of the, the culture that I was raised in that was very sex negative. Yeah. And I, you know, when I, I did become sexually active, like the, the girl that I lost my virginity to, we tied each How other. How old? 18. Okay. Waited for Jesus. <laughs> um, Hashtag. Waited for we Jesus. call it a home run here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You didn't thing. lose anything. You hit a home run. You hit a home run. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I did all four of the sports things. You did all the things on the bases. Yes. Yay. Um, and a hot dog. So <laughs> the the culture that I was raised in, very sex negative. Wait. All shame. The first person you had sex with, you you tied each other up? Well, not the first first time. Oh, okay. like, so first time was in a shower. Damn. The first time was in a shower. Oh, um, that's a nice place to have sex for the first time. No, it's not because it washes away your natural lubricant. Oh. Um, it was still a wonderful experience. You were going to say it washes away your sin. <laughs> okay, it was bad, but not you that bad. A, you had a good experience? Yes. Oh, well, yeah. you're, one you. the, you're one of the first people on the podcast to say that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we were in the shower after the pool and um, like she like, jumped up on me okay and like that's terrifying right here that's concussion uh, protocol and right for there. the viewers she was watching, right here like yeah so jumped up and then uh -huh. you know hey let's i'll let's do, do this. i'll do the mimes for you thank you You're and welcome. then uh we yeah. we, pro we proceeded to uh stand like husband and wife it's like watching a mirror stand. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, I'm pretty good. just watching him and doing what he's doing. So, um, did you both have an orgasm? No. Okay. No, um, because you know, like pregnancy, your dick's gonna fall off. You know, she was on birth control, but um, still, yes. So, yeah, that was my my first time having sex, and then shortly after that, um, I. I flew to America because I was like late in high school. Like I was going back mm-hmm. and forth, kind of getting ready for college and and stuff like that. So Virgin Atlantic uh, sponsored sponsor us. Um, Unof- we call them unofficial sponsors. Unofficial sponsors. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't think they're around anymore. Virgin uh, Airlines. No, they think, got bought. Yeah, um, they anyway, were really so good though. They had like this little care package when you fly internationally that was a backpack, and the backpack it was just like a little cinch sack that was yeah. tied with rope, and I learned a knot from a guy that sat next to me, and this is a whole fucking other story. Oh my god! And um, he said that he was like an underwater welder, but he also knew like the different ways to tie a noose for like a pirate and like different. Okay, that actually doesn't sound sketchy because if he's an underwater welder, I guarantee you he works in the nautical field. Yeah, no, and so he amount, knows knots. The amount of of knots that people in the nautical field know are echelons above the average person. Then in, in grips on a film set. Yeah. Yeah. And individuals who work in the BDSM community. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure he was a mercenary. Yep. Um, <laughs> like he would talk about hanging pirates and like if you hang a pirate, like you use 13 like wraps around the noose and like he got into more details of like different like races and genders, like how you oh. like tie the noose. So he told me some ropes Interesting. with this Virgin Atlantic bag <laughs> as I was flying back to South Africa. I was like, <laughs> hey, girlfriend, I learned these knots. And so I, uh, we tied each other up and uh, like she was trying to be romantic and like use rose petals and things. So, yeah, we tied each other up and used candle wax. Like the first person that I um, wow yeah so that was shout out to her yep thanks Kim thanks Kim um when was the first time you decided that you wanted to go to a BDSM club fast forward oh how Me far in America you know uh, when I came here I kind of approached it as with um, a cultural relativism okay so in, in the rest of the world. We get a lot of American culture with, or what is perceived as American culture mm-hmm. with uh, mm. movies and TV and music. Uh-huh. And like, this is American culture. Sure. Right? So when I came here, I was like, hey, I'm in a different culture in a different country. This is, we in Kansas, no mo. No. So I was like, I'm going to approach this with cultural re- relativism. Sure. Um, and, you know, what goes in this culture is this culture, and it's different than my own. And having that approach really helped me. An emic versus an edict perspective is what we call that. All right. Write that down, people. <laughs> so this edict um, wrote it down. And I just, and I think it really helped me fit in. Okay. Uh, you know, and then kind of deal with the culture shock. And... A couple years later, I was at a piercing studio, and I was going to get uh, something pierced. I've had 14. Um, Piercings? Mm-hmm. Have you? Okay. <clears throat> have, okay. First of all, 
are there 14 places on the body to be pierced? And second of all, have you had things pierced multiple times, like your nipples and then they closed, so you had them pierced again? Is that what, is that, are you double counting? Um, I'm double counting an eyebrow. Double counting an eyebrow. Yes. I had 10 in my chest. Ah. Microdermal implants. Have you had a Prince Charles? It's Albert. God damn it. Um, and no. Ooh. I cannot get one because I have a foreskin. Oh. Yeah. I didn't realize that you couldn't get one if you were uncircumcised. Yeah. Because things move too... Pierce the four? I guess, yeah, because you're saying moving. No, because yeah. yeah, things move, move too much. So too for, much for Prince Albert, and... you need to be circumcised. Fun fact. Interesting. That go. is a fun fact. I didn't know that. And that was go. a body modification that I was not willing to get. Yeah. Um, Good for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Um, because, you know, the reason it happened is to prevent boys from masturbating and make desensitize their penises. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, fun fact. Foreskin <laughs> pride. Um, Hashtag stay uncircumcised. It also makes anal sex easier. Um, yes, it also makes hand jobs easier. No, it just makes everything easier. So, I'm in a piercing parlor. Okay. Uh, I think I was going to get my septum uh, pierced. Okay. And I'm sitting there. Nose. Yes. For anyone who's unaware. And um, this girl next to me is reading a book. Like, oh, what are you reading? Like, what are you getting done? And she's like, oh, la, la, la. small talk, small talk, small talk. And uh, she goes in, you know, her turn. She goes into the little piercing area and she comes out. And I say, oh, did it hurt? And she said, no. And I said, oh, well, maybe next time. <laughs> and she leaves. And then I go in and, you know, get my septum pierced. Or I, I don't remember what I was getting done. And then um, in the year of our Lord, MySpace, she <laughs> reached All out. hail MySpace and the top eight. Yes. Here, here. She reached out to me like, hey, um, I'm that chick from the, the piercing place. We, we met and... You know, wanna wanna hang out sometime? Okay. Um, and she kind of opened up my world, and she's like, "Oh, you're into BDSM. It's a thing. It has a name. There are other people like you." Oh my god! Also, this is my husband. He's cool with it. <gasps> um. So wait, you got thrown into BDSM. And polyamory. And polyamory in one swoop mm-hmm, of the septum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> That's mm-hmm. incredible. So once I came out of the kinky closet, as I uh, say, and I accepted myself as a sadistic dominant, mm-hmm. um, so much guilt and shame went away. Because like, Did it go away that quickly? Just walking out of that closet, your guilt and shame were just shed like a no, fucking coat? No, no, no. Oh, a huge part of it. Yeah. You know, knowing... so. Um, just knowing that you weren't alone mm-hmm. was part of the release mm-hmm. of the guilt and the mm-hmm. shame. Mm-hmm. I have a question. You in the front. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, um, This question might hurt. Okay, bring it. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm not really quite sure how to word this without making it sound like I'm an asshole. All right, be an asshole. Is there not still some guilt and shame because the job that you have, like, you can't be yourself. You can't be on camera. You can't tell people what you do. Ashley, you're such an asshole. I know, what an asshole. No, thank you for that. Yes, there is. But here's the difference. Okay. Here's the difference. 
I'm not on camera because of my own shame and guilt. I'm not on camera because of other people's perception of what I do. Okay. Why not educate them? So, you're a uh, enlightened person. <laughs> I'm also extremely naive and very, like, I think to myself, why not just tell people? Like, why mm-hmm, not just educate mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. about what you do and say, like, the things that my husband and I do in our bedroom, he, has a, he doesn't want me to necessarily divulge everything I do on a podcast or to my students, which, yeah. fair. I still, I don't tell my students I have a podcast until Mm -hmm. the end of the semester Mm -hmm. because I talk about the porn that I watch. So I don't necessarily want them to listen to me discuss Mm -hmm. emic and edic Mm -hmm. perspectives and of intersectionality between cultural and gender uh, stereotypes while knowing that I watch lesbian porn. Like these are not necessarily things that I think people need to know, Mm -hmm. right? Until the end when I'm like, my podcast actually has some fucking educational shit Mm -hmm. and you should check it out once we're done with this fucking semester, mm-hmm. why can't you, do your parents, do your friend, like do, you, do most of your friends outside of your work sphere mm-hmm. know yes. your life? Okay. Yes. So uh, all my friends know. Okay. All Anyone that you count as a friend. Yes. Okay. Even people that I don't count as friends, like random people I meet at a bar, like, hey, like I, I tune into people. Like, right? I'm like, uh, safe space. Uh, not safe space. Uh-huh. Uh, safe space. Uh-huh. So, um, whenever I meet people loud and proud about who I am, what I do, my lifestyle. Also, there's a big old chunk of people yeah. that aren't there yet. Right. Um, you know, little story. Um, I used to frequent a bar. And there was a, in a group of locals. And whenever I go to this bar, I always know I'm going to run into people I know. Okay. And, you know, like whenever, like, you don't know who's there. But yeah. if you go there, it's like I cheers. I have one of those bars. It's like cheers. Sometimes people remember your name. Um, and, you know, one time, one of the, the, the locals, his mom was in town. And it was like, hey, this is, uh, is Rue. This is what he does. And his mom walked up to me, slapped me in the face. Wow. No, hi. What? How, no, hi. How, how are you doing? Hi, I'm so-and-so's mom. Just a walk up, slap in the face. Wow. And she's like, how fucking dare you beat women? <gasps> mm-hmm, that. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Okay. I, okay. I was like. Okay. I didn't react. I was like, hey, so-and-so's mom. Okay. Um, it is not okay to hit people. Without their consent. Without their consent. And so it was a teachable moment. I sat her down and said, hey, um, what I do is consensual. People ask me, they beg me, and they pay me <laughs> to do these things to them. Yeah. And my intention and the place that I'm coming from is out of love. Yeah. And the thing that you did to me wasn't. Um, my ex, ex, and an ex, um, she was out with friends, 
and they went from the bar to some dude's house. And at this dude's house, um, he was hitting on her and she's like, oh no, I'm, uh, you know. In a relationship. I'm in a relationship. Call it submissive. And he kicked her out of his house. I'm sorry. Kicked her out of his house. Did he know what that meant? No, he's just like, oh, you're one of them freaks. Get the fuck out of my house. So sidetrack for two seconds. Let's do it. What does a collared submissive mean? This isn't a sidetrack. This is a (laughs) whole fucking episode. Uh, Give me the cliff notes. Okay. So within the BDSM community, um, there are collars and they have meaning. Okay. Right? So uh, some people use a four-tiered collar system. Okay. uh, Where there's a play collar, which you wear during playtime. What do you use the collar for? It is... Decorative? Well, decorative... Like a a leash? Decorative, practical, like a leash. Or you can do rope through it or a carabiner. And also, um, like... A like a totem, mm-hmm. like so- yes, okay. totem is a wonderful word. Thank you. Uh, a, a symbol, right? Yeah, a symbol of ownership. Um, so some people use a four-color tier where there's uh, play, consideration, training, ownership. I use a three-color system of play, training, ownership. Okay. Um, so she had an ownership collar, which is the the highest level, um, and that is uh, more than a wedding ring. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big fucking deal caller. Okay. Um, where this person hands over their everything to you. And it doesn't have to necessarily, for the, the listener, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be what is in your mind as a dog caller. A caller can be a necklace. It can be a, can it be a bracelet? Yeah, that can be what the fuck you want it to be. So, dear listener, there is no right or wrong way. So, dear listener, <laughs> grab a pen, grab some fucking paper, write this shit down. There is no right no, or wrong way. No right or wrong way. Okay. To do BDSM, as long as it is, it is safe, safe, sane, sane, and. Consensual. Consensual. You got that? I don't know how to spell consensual, but okay. I got it. That's with an S. Gotcha. Um, so. When you collar someone, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Is that yeah, the first? Yeah, yeah. When you collar someone, mm-hmm. do you have a ceremony? Some people do. Okay. Do you? Um, I have not. I've not had a, like a collaring ceremony. Have you ever given someone the third collar? Mm-hmm. Is it presented? Do you have one currently? No. Okay. Sorry. When you present, no. It's, why are you sorry? No, no, no. no. It's, a it's, it's a good question. Sorry, yeah. Question. No right, yeah, so right no now, I, I just wrote that down. No, yeah, no, right, yeah. no wrong. There it is. Yes, no right. You no did wrong. just write that down. Um, you don't have anyone with the third collar currently. Correct. I have. I have uh, somebody with the with the second one. The training. The training. Yeah. What would make you move to the third collar? Or do you think you'll ever move to the third collar? Yes. Okay. Um, because the third collar has such weight and significance. Um, it is not something that you just willy-nilly put It's like on. a wedding ring. Yeah, yeah. And... But more deeply sexual, deeply intimate. Sexual aside. Really? Oh, yeah. 
Um, Look at my fucking stereotyping ass over here. Yeah, pervert. Jesus. Not just about sex. Jesus God, Christ, get your mind out of the gutter. Um, because it has such weight um, emotionally mm-hmm. and psychologically, you know, it is this person saying, I am giving you me. What do they give you? Them. All of it. Symbolically, though, what do they give you? Oh, um, uh, sometimes the key. Oh, the okay. key to the collar. Okay. Um, yeah, but there isn't like a, a dom equivalent. So, and here's the thing: um, the collar belongs to the dom. So you can take it back whenever you want. And then when a, when they, when you break up, the dom keeps the collar. Okay. Um, and the uncollaring is a is a traumatic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad thing. It's um, a breakup. Yeah, but next level. So um, right now, my my primary partner, um, <laughs> it's the fucking sweetest thing. Um, above her bed, she has her play collar in a shadow box, oh. and then. Um, the her training collar is made out of leather and like you know she wears it like all the time so the the, le- the leather gets worn and she takes care of it like she has you know like mink oil and like leather saddle soap I get my she, like, she, I get my wedding ring cleaned yeah so regularly. she like so she takes yeah. care of it but like every year for the past like three years I would give her a new collar oh on our collar anniversary so <laughs> she has Two, her, her two previous collars um, in shadow boxes above her bed as well. I want the listener to understand because there are going to be some people who are going to say, oh, I understand this. I get this. I, I, do, I get this. And there are some people who are going to say, well, this just sounds like you own a person mm-hmm. and slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this sounds like you're treating your significant other as a dog or as a, a property. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I really want the listener to reel it back in and sort of remember what it's like to be courted by someone have a ring put on your left finger and what it means to anyone in the room where you're at when you have a ring on your left finger. It means you belong to someone. So are we not as a society when we get married being collared and it's just around our finger that we're collared and not necessarily our necks Mm -hmm. or our wrists? Mm -hmm. It's a collar in and of itself Mm -hmm. being that it's circular and it fits around a certain part of your body. And wearing that signifies your ownership to someone else. Yes. And you take their last name. <laughs> so you changed your fucking identity. I did. Not something that I would ever impose ask. on ever. like, uh, you know, an owned uh, submissive. Like, I wouldn't say like, hey, so uh, go to the court and uh, you're now, you know, going to be you know, your last name is now going to be Rucifer. Um, <laughs> so, Madame Rucifer. Madame. Yes. So, um, I don't want people to listen to the podcast and, and, and judge what it means for a person to receive a training call it training, meaning almost like a promise ring when you are in a relationship in your teens or your early twenties and, and someone 
yeah, so, promises to be with you. Yeah, the, w- the way I equate it is a training collar is like an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then an ownership collar is a wedding ring. Um, and a, a play collar is kind of like something you wear on your finger when you go out with your girlfriends and you don't want guys to hit on you. Oh, what do you call that ring that you get at the high school? Not, not the promise ring, but the, uh, like the varsity. Oh, a class ring. Class ring. Yeah. yeah. That's our class ring. Yeah. So <laughs> it has different. However it, you want to equate it, it, there is something in our society that is equal to it. So don't, don't fucking yuck my yum, bro. Stop clutching your pearls. Stop. Let go of the pearls. Uh, you said primary partner. Mm-hmm. Do you have multiple partners? Not at the moment. Well, you know. Um, so my primary partner and I um, do see other people. Are you polyamorous? Yes, I am. And it's understood in your relationship that you may or may not. Do you engage in in sexual acts with your partner with other people? or I sure do. <laughs> and also outside of your relationship as well. Uh, yes, but not at the moment. Not at the moment. Okay. Yes. What does it mean for you to be, define polyamory for me to you? Like, what does it mean to you to be polyamorous? It means a, a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So mm-hmm. what does polyamory mean to you? The option to have meaningful relationships with other people. Okay. Uh, whether romantic or sexual. Or kinkly. Kinkly. Yes. One of those technical terms. Yes. Okay. How do you determine who your primary partner is versus that new relationship energy mm-hmm. you get from so how how do you de- how do you keep your primary partner primary? Mm-hmm. So funny story. Um when my partner and I started you know she was like (laughs) we met while she was on a date with somebody else (laughs) i was performing at an art gallery and i was doing a kink performance with some of my friends and you know tying people up kicking them around and she was like i need to meet that man and he's like go ahead and so she came up to me he's like hey this whole bdsm thing can i buy you a drink and like pick your brain and so i was like yeah, sure. So I put her in the in the business box. And then she showed up to the date and she says, um, I respect what you do. I respect your time. I respect your expertise. And if you want to just do this business, um, I'll pick your brain and, you know, we can do a business. Move on from there. It's like, and then she said like, but I think there's like, there's something here. And I was like, yes, let's, let's do that. Let's move you out of the box. Yes. Let's, of let's, business. Yes, put in the pleasure box. Um, and then... She went off and had a threesome after the date. She Great. she bought dinner. She bought drinks. She kissed me, and then she went off and, and had a threesome. And okay. then she like texted me. She's like, ah, I should have I should have hung out with you longer. This <laughs> threesome's boring. This threesome's terrible. Um, <laughs> so worst threesome ever. And um, that partner that she was with when she met me, him and I are like really becoming close friends. Is she uh, still with him? Yes, and I th- I think she was in right now. And I'm going to like go camping with him this weekend on like a men's retreat. Um, great fucking guy. Love him. Wow. Yeah. So 
he's he's cuck daddy and i'm bull daddy and that's a story for another day that is a story for another fucking day and you better fucking come back and tell it holy shit when her and i started i was also in a place where i'm like hey i don't want to practice hierarchical polyamory and for our listeners that means having one person as a primary secondary tertiary and so on um and she's like yeah, that makes sense. Like, let's not do hierarchical. And then this, uh, this thing happened where the coronavirus. Mm. Fucking corona. And then in a, like, you know, whenever you talk about polyamory and you're like, and people are like, well, you are on a plane and you only have two parachutes and you have six Jesus partners. Who do you Christ. pick? You know, of course it's hierarchical. I was in that situation. Yeah. Where I was like, well. I'm and in this a plane is, uh, called Corona. Yeah. And my exposure to people. Had to be limited. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to pick. And then, so philosophically and ethically, non-hierarchical makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it's a wonderful idea. Yeah. But when nuts came to bolts. When shit hit the fan. When 2020. (laughs) um, We're like, well, we had to pick and we picked. And I'm like, well, shit hierarchical kind of kind of makes sense now yeah i i I see it and so do you feel like love can exist in a i understand what i understand what polyamory is mm -hmm. many loves do you feel like in your experience with polyamory you have truly experienced love of the sort that is That you could pick a parachute for somebody. No, I did. I, I, I picked my primary partner, right? Multiple, have you felt that pri- prior to her? I don't know. I'll just, I'll just talk to my therapist about that one. Okay. It's going to take, <laughs> take more sponsored therapists. Oh, um, it's official, actually. So, um. Yeah, so basically that's when we decided like, well, shit, yeah, we're, we're hierarchical. Okay. Um, and, you know, fully aware of the ethics and uh, the scope of it. Yeah. And what that means. Um, and new boundaries had to be set. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a constant, you know, just like you're always growing and kink yeah. and, you know, who you are and what you're into. Uh, same with a polyamorous relationship. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a constant... Um, ebb and flow and growing and you have to grow with your partner and their needs and your own of hey i i need this and then you know you have to adapt and does she play with you in bdsm my partner yeah oh yes so we perform together um uh she is a uh, professional dominatrix oh um mm mm-hmm and Are you ever her sub? I've tried it. I liked oh. it. Oh, you were okay with it? Yeah. Not your fave, though. No, I liked it. Yeah? So I've tried it before her, um, and it was not good. Oh. Like, um, 
but she's really good at what she does. Good. Um, so yeah, I tried it and I liked it. Um, I don't think I'm a switch. I still like feel like I, you know, I'm a, I'm a dom. Yeah. Um, but I'm also secure enough in my domliness and my masculinity <laughs> to be like, oh yeah, I tried it and I, and I really liked it. When you perform, is she always your sub? So here's something she says. Not my words, hers. She always refers to the biggest dick in the room. And normally that's her. <laughs> but she submits to me. Okay. Um, I'm the alpha. Okay. So regardless of dick size, you're the alpha. Yes. She may well, have the, the, the biggest the, dick. The, yes. Uh, she does not have a biological dick, but no. it's, it's a, it's a metaphorical dick. Metaphorical dick. Mm-hmm. Um, She's fucking hung like a horse. Hang, oh, yeah. Hung? Hung? Yes. Hang? Hanged? That's called throwback humor. It is. Um, <laughs> we'll do it one more time because three is the magic number. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she submits to me, but uh, she doms. What does she prefer? I think balance. Like she, so she's a true switch. Yes. No, she's a, she's a true switch. Wow. Um, she, she really likes the... Um, the power dynamic. Interesting. Like power dynamic is her, yeah, her thing. Um, so yeah, that's 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 her thing. All right, we're gonna take a break. <clears throat> when we come back, we're going to break into the treasure chest. I'm staring at it longingly because I cannot wait to show you the toys. This is definitely an episode that you have to check out on our YouTube channel. Please search What's Your Position podcast on YouTube. This episode, if no other, especially the next segment, is going to be worth your time and your eyeballs. Join us. Sometimes you got to say please. Sometimes you got to say hey. I'm gonna fuck you softly I'm gonna screw you gently I'm gonna hump you sweetly I'm gonna ball you discreetly And then you say, hey, I brought you flowers And then you say, wait a minute, Sally I think I got something in my teeth for me that's fucking teamwork what's your favorite position that's cool with me it's not my favorite but i'll do it for you what's your favorite dish i'm not gonna cook it but i'll order it from zanzibar and then i'm gonna love you completely and then i fucking fuck you discreetly and then i fucking bone you completely Since 2014, Four Sons Brewing has been creating authentic craft beers, unique seltzers, and family-friendly locations throughout Huntington Beach. They are a pillar of our community, and we hope they become a staple in your home. Find them in Costco, 
Total Wine and Spirits, or online at foursonsbrewing.com, and by visiting one of their three locations. Make sure to tell them Ashley at What's Your Position sent you. Stay safe, stay kind, stay sexy, and cheers. Welcome back, fellow humans, to What's Your Position podcast. Right now, our leader, Professor Weller, is now going to be bound. Um, we'll turn the microphones off as loud as we can so we can get the ambient sound. Um, but right now, she's on camera, so you got to go on YouTube and check this out. All right. It's all you, Ashley. Take it off her. All right. So what I'm going to be doing is called a diamond harness, and it is... Um, a fun little uh, bind that you can do where your arms are free. Where do you get your ropes? Uh, my ropes are from uh, some friends of mine that um, have their own rope company called wow. the King Rope Company. These oh. ropes are vegan and uh, JBO free. What's JBO? It is some chemical that's bad for you that's often found in, um, in rope. Yeah. So right. the, uh, these are, um, this is natural fiber rope, so I always recommend hemp or jute for uh, shibari type bondage. And that is because the natural fiber ropes grip on themselves. Whereas synthetic rope, like nylon, um, does not grip on itself. So, um, the Who taught you how to do this? So I've been doing it for a long ass time. I've learned some stuff through books, some from classes, um, and then you, after a while, you get to a point where you can just make shit up. Um, and that's really fun because it's kind of like performance, though, right? It is. Like it is. So when you fucking do something for long enough, and it's like in karaoke, you sing a Beatles song and you sing it like John Lennon, and then after a while, you start to sing it like Ashley, and you start to do the things like Ashley. So after someone teaches you how to tie this rope, and then after a while, you start to do it like like Lucifer would do it. Yes, and so. How's our audio? It's, it's working. <laughs> do you um, want to turn off the air? Uh, well, let's get you bound and then we'll get you in your seat. Let's get you bound. We'll get some toys going. <laughs> so, um, we were talking earlier about subspace. Oh, I need you to turn it up for this. Subspace, please. Actually, here. Yeah, you can, you can hold it. Yep. Talk to me about subspace. So, subspace is an altered headspace that a person on the receiving end of BDSM uh, can experience. It has been equated to a runner's high um, for 
those people that are uh, recreational drug users, I've heard it be equated to taking Molly a glass of red wine and a hit from a joint all at the same time, um, but in a very pleasant way. Um, so Sounds nauseating. It's basically <laughs> your brain being flooded with happy chemicals, uh, endorphins, serotonin, all the good ones. How long does it take to get to subspace? Mm. Yeah. Uh, how long is a piece of rope, right? So there's, it, it depends on each person and their own relationship with their body, where they are uh, emotionally, psychologically, who they're playing with, and how they're trying to get there. Uh, so it, it really depends. Um, and I don't know if our listeners could hear, but we were talking about like doing rope and then just making shit up. Yeah. So subs going to subspace, which is um, kind of like a chemical reaction in the brain, um, where you know they experience a euphoria. Uh, it can, uh, for the neurodivergence out there, in the ADDs, uh, it can be <laughs> a quietness of the mind. Oh, um, really? Mm-hmm. It can be a meditative state. Uh, different people shows up in different ways, and. For a dom, we get into a dom space. And what that looks like is, for me, is similar to a flow state. So it's. Like an artist flow? Like an. Exactly like an artist flow. So, um, where you just kind of go from one thing to the next. So when you're doing rope or when you're doing uh, a BDSM scene or impact scene, you just kind of go, oh, and then this, and then this. And you're kind of just working with what you're going Mm -hmm. and you completely lose track of time. You go into that flow space. For me, that's the space that I go into. Adding and subtracting and adding Mm -hmm. and taking away and Mm -hmm. adding. Are you adding more rope? I can, so. Could you? Yes. Great. So the, this is the, the, the bind. (laughs) I feel like a Grecian goddess. And you look like it too. And I kind of want more rope. I can add more rope. Great. Um, You know, it's kind of like a a painting as well, right? Like an artist knows when to stop painting. That's true. But, you know, if you want more rope, I can add more rope. Your muse wants more rope. Okay. Your producer wants more toys because we can't hear you. God damn it. (laughs) All right, fine. Are we done with rope? Do you feel you're done with rope? So this is a bind. Um, it is a complete thing by itself. I can add more. Um, we can maybe have like an after hours like version two, uh, where I keep adding rope until you fall over. <laughs> so um, I will tell you, I feel like almost like uh, gosh. I guess the only word that comes to mind is I feel safe. Mm. I feel like literally held in. I feel very, I feel like I could kick someone's ass mm-hmm. a little bit, like a little bit. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. I feel like I could kick people's ass. We can stop with the rope for now, but I probably would 
want rope on my leg, like on like down, mm-hmm. like all the way down, that would be like I would I would literally kill people. I would be an assassin covered in ropes. Yeah. Yeah. So often when I uh, shall we back to our yeah uh, back to your original positions. Ooh, this is exciting. So should we reset first and no? Nah, keep no, going. You're good. Good. No, right, you're good. Cool. Yeah. No, so, our listeners are cool. Our listeners are cool with this. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they stuck through the rope okay. stuff. Krista, are you still here? Krista, Krista, Kim, are you still here? This is amazing, right? Tell me how amazing this is when you text me later. I'm so excited. Hi, Krista and Kim. <laughs> you, can turn, you can turn the bottom thing that loosens the turn it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. Look at you. He's been around a microphone before. Hey now, hey now. Oh. What? Fucking. <laughs> yeah, do it that way. There you go. I have a cover for you. Anyways, oh, I'm so excited. So, um, that was fast, by the way. That's what she said. <laughs> um, the Phrasing. Experience with rope. Oh, yeah. Where are my headphones? That's is, what I'm missing. It's a whole. So. Cheers. Grip it and rip it. <laughs> Cheers to binding. Dedicating it. Uh, season to Terry. Oh, dedicated to my father-in-law Terry. Yep, every episode. He passed you. away uh, business, July twenty-second. Um, and he he would have TJ. loved this episode. TJ, <laughs> to you. That's for you, Terry. I could see him not doing this. No, nope. but he would be very educated. He very would have cracked up when I told him about this episode. Yeah. He would have been like, "What you did? What? That's amazing! Wait, what?" <laughs> he would have he would have wanted to know every detail and then also not wanted to know any detail he literally he was such an amazing human being love you terry, Cheers, terry. miss you terry um i feel very comfortable mm-hmm. so the the scope of rope i can breathe mm-hmm. it the scope of rope is fucking profound it can be the range of it mm-hmm from something as clinical as a handshake to cracking somebody open their heart and their soul and making them meet God and everything in between. Have you ever hung someone from a ceiling with rope? Absolutely. I, okay. I, I did it like four times last week. I, <laughs> Not wow. even, I, I was going to make a joke about that. Like you doing it more, but that you did it. Yeah, you said it. I went one time. I've been one time to a dungeon once, mm-hmm. once, once, and I was invited there by my human sexuality professor who knew uh, it was in San Francisco, and we were there as observers, and they hung someone from the ceiling with ropes, and I was enthralled. Like I could not tear my eyes away because this person looked completely cocooned in joy and yet was being hoisted like the mast on a sail of a boat, but was so happy in, mm-hmm. in their hoist, mm-hmm. like, And honestly, I feel like my posture is better. I feel like my tits look great. Mm -hmm. Like this is this it's this is a very comfortable feeling. I'm very happy with this. So 
the when you're doing rope with somebody, mm-hmm. right? The way that you apply it and what you bind um, makes the difference, right? So rope is a language, like a rope scene. It is a a conversation between the the top and the bottom, mm-hmm. and your words that you can use is tightness. Right, so either tight or loose. Mm-hmm. You can use tempo, and you can use physical distance. Right, mm-hmm. so those are the clinical words, and then on top of that, you can add intention. So when I play with somebody, um, I ask them, "What do you want to feel?" And they can give me secure, or sometimes it gets really abstract. Sure, purple. And Mm -hmm. And then I make them feel purple with the intention that and the energy exchange that happens when I tie. So the way I tied you right now, clinical side of things. Sure. Right. Um, But a rope scene in itself can be super intense. You know, I've had people in tears. Yeah. um, Just from like really basic stuff. Yeah. Um, a couple months ago, I went to this camp thing uh, where it was a bunch of people that went uh, for for the weekend and there was like a gifting bazaar where like some people would do like, you know, tarot and like sound healing and blah, blah, body sure. painting. So I was like, oh, rope. Um, and, I've, and I've done this event for like the last two years. And just to give an example of the scope of rope. Um, I had I love the somebody come up to me <laughs> and it was her first time getting bound and suspended. And she got naked and it was her first time being naked in public. And mind you, this is like middle of the day on a Sunday <laughs> in the desert. And... I asked her, what do you want to feel? And she said, I want to feel beautiful. Oh. And I tied her and I suspended her. And while she was up there, she said, I feel beautiful. Oh. It fucking broke me to what a million gift. What a gift. happy pieces yeah. to hear her feel beautiful. Get to give that to someone in such a vulnerable space? Mm-hmm. Fucked my shit up. I would love to feel beautiful. That sounds awesome. Right? I know a guy. I know. Do you know a girl? Because I'd be more... Yeah, I do. Okay. As a matter of fact. That costs extra. He does. I got one of those straight buttholes you were talking about. Uh, (laughs) That's a a callback. Not with the women that I know. (laughs) That's a hard... That's a hard... What do you call it? It's a soft no. I feel like it's probably a soft no. Um, Rue, can you open your treasure chest? Yes. <laughs> I am going to, while bound, uh, and I also need the listener to understand that this is on YouTube. And so, should you choose to watch <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching Rue. Rope expert over here. 
I'm watching Rue, who just bound me in two seconds, being thwarted by a fucking headphone cable. All right. So um, for the listener at home, producer, can you please take a photo of the inside of Sir Lucifer's case? Absolutely. So that we can post it on Instagram. took a video of your ropes. Did you really? I did. I did. Fantastic job, sir. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I should promote you to executive producer. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and if you're a fan, make sure to check us up on What's Your Position on Instagram. Yeah. That's how you're going to see these. Yeah, well, Ooh, you're not going to see them anyways. Wow. That's not at all how I thought that case was going to open. <laughs> Holy shit. So to your listener, yeah, I got to get a picture. I Hold opened on. it up. There were a thousand doves released <laughs> in the studio. And butterflies. And butterflies. There was pyrotechnics. There was fog and lasers. <laughs> and somehow the doves avoided the pyrotechnics, unlike last time. <laughs> It was None majestic the, and not nearly dangerous. There was no hurting of doves or butterflies in the opening of this case. Um, so as a professional lifestyle dom, do you say dom or dominatrix? Uh, dom is the masculine and dominatrix is the feminine. Why? The, uh, Why? Uh, well, there's also dom spelled D-O-M-M-E, which is also feminine. Okay. Um, and then uh, non-binary folks use uh, DXM. What? Yeah. Um, I know. We all just got turned down. That was weird. I uh, know. I didn't do anything, really. Can you hear us? Oh, you know what it was? Hmm. When you took a picture, you stopped the music. Oh, <laughs> sorry, everybody. <laughs> Classic. We're getting there. Classic Sorry, Gary. Sorry, iPhone picture. Um, so Dom is the masculine, mm-hmm. meaning you are the top, you are in charge. Mm-hmm. Well, technically the sub is in charge, right? Technically both people are in charge. Great, 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 great. Perfect. Because consent is a two-way thing, right? So just like you asked earlier, um, you know, what do you need for aftercare, right? Um yeah, we kind of touched on it. Like often, people are like, oh, what about the submissive's consent? Yeah. Uh, but the dom also has to consent what happens in the scene. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've said no, like, yeah, to people because I didn't get a good vibe. Of like, mm. what have you said no to? The last time I used a safe word because uh, doms can also use safe words. I would hope so. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, well, because most people think the submissive or the person, the bottom getting hit is the one that uses the safe no, words because they're the one like, ow, it I hurts, know, stop. But if you think about psychologically what you are doing, if you're not comfortable putting a curling iron in someone's vagina, you should be able to say no to that. Yes. I feel like that would be a hard no for me. No. Yeah. For, uh, often. Yeah. Um, permanent body modification and scarification. I would say is a is a firm is a firm limit for me. Have you ever put hooks in someone? No, I'm not qualified. I saw that at the dungeon that I went to. I saw someone lifted with hooks, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, first, ow. Second, why? Okay, so um, hook suspensions are more 
Well, that's a wonderful crossover between the body modification scene and the BDSM scene as well as the spiritual scene. Okay. So, um, okay. hook suspensions are a, a Native American tradition um, where they would get hooked and then rip out the hooks, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. as part mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, sun and the scarring. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So, um, and also another. In a fun like where the body modification scene and spirituality kind of uh, taps in is with uh, rituals and mm. uh, tribalism and primitivism. Um, so the body modification scene kind of took that uh, hook suspensions and made it. Uh, and here's the thing: like, are you? Uh, culturally appropriating by doing hook suspensions, right. which is are you, traditionally a, uh, a Native American. Are you qualified to do hook suspension? Are you in that culture? Are you doing it appropriately to, to represent that culture? Yes. So that that's where hook suspensions were kind of born culturally. Um, and so because of the the, the masochism that goes into being suspended by hooks. Yeah. Um, there's a, a crossover between the body modification scene and the kink scene, also with play piercings. So people would do um, needle play. Yeah. Where they saw that you know, too. Just do a bunch of needles on somebody. Yep. yep. Um, or sometimes they would cut them with the scalpel. Sure. Um, and do scarification, which is again a crossover of the kink and body modification and spirituality. And then, well. Needle play, needle play isn't part of the spirituality. But cultural aspects of scarification would be. Yes. And, you know, now we can get into the real deep and dirty of it. The intention of the scarification, right? Yeah. So the scarification in a cultural sense is normally associated with a rite of passage. Correct. Right. Puberty to, or becoming a man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, in, in that case, it signifies a, uh, a, a rite of passage. But, you know, scarification is also used in other cultures in a non-significant way where it is purely decorative. Mm-hmm. So, you And know, are you culturally appropriating it if you're doing that without... Well, no, even in those <clears throat> cultures that do it as a ritual, they can also have just decorative scarification. But in and a like, BDSM dungeon... If you're just doing scarification, are you doing so? Well, that's a body modification. Ah, right? okay. So if I go to my piercer and say, I want a scarification piece and I want... Um, Subdermal. Well, like- no, I, I, want, I want Mickey Mouse scarred on my back. Okay. It's something you can do. Um, for me, it is, you know... A, what is my intention? Why do I want to do this? Is it purely decorative? Is this a right for me? Because I'm going from uh, a child that goes to Disneyland to a man that can buy his own annual pass? No. You're not so wrong. You're, that's a great metaphor. We're like actually that. both yeah. adults who have annual passes. So you're yeah, no, talking I, I, to people. I had one too. You're so, talking to people who would get Mickey too. scarred on us. So, so. Um, <laughs> you know, in, in that sense... I am honoring a rite of passage 
And, you know, this is a whole fucking five-month series of <laughs> going into rituals and the lack of uh, body modification in rituals in yeah. Western society um, besides circumcision, which is unconsensual. Um, but back to BDSM, we're, we're, we're here. Yeah, so, we're here, we're um, here, we're in with the, BDSM. In the kink scene, there are uh, some types of play called edge play, right? So it's not just a knife edge, but it is things that can uh, harm you or kill you. Uh, rope is actually considered by some to be a, can I a, just tell a you, form of edge play. Ever since you bound me, I have felt like I needed to sit with my hands in my lap and be more proper. I like that. That's weird. I like that. I'm not a proper human being, so... Um, I've literally sat like, <laughs> if we go back and play the tape back. I have sat with my hands folded in my lap since, <laughs> since I was bound. I'm going to stand up now. Um, can you please hand me yes. your favorite toy or do you call them toys? What do you call them? Yeah. Toys. Toy. Can you hand me your favorite toy in your treasure chest, please? Yes. I'm so excited. I'm very curious on which one. Oh, he already went right to it. Okay. Oh, no, wait. Oh, oh, oh he's moving oh. things out of... Oh, okay. okay. Oh, it's both. Okay. Okay. And these, are, these are nine tails? No. Explain no? to us what these are. Yeah. What are... So, what you're looking at behind door number one, because there's like still kind of like show, um, like game show music playing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, what you're looking at, uh, these are floggers ah. with... Uh, Elk and Moose Falls. Uh, these are custom by Master Aragon. Oh. And they're uh, on the higher of end. Of House Targaryen? No, is this Lord of the Rings? It, it does have the Eye of Sauron. I saw that. Yes. Okay, I was making sure. Um, <laughs> so these are uh, by him. He's one of the, the really respected um, flogger makers. For our audio-only people that refuse to go on YouTube and see this, they look like uh, extra long pom poms for a cheerleader with like handles. Yeah. Yeah, but made out of. Um, yeah, let's not do that against a microphone. Why rare. Not? Rare. That's rare what leathers. they sound like. <laughs> so these uh, floggers, um, they have a thuddy sensation, which is kind of like a punching feeling if you hit somebody with it. Um, when you use them, they can kind of feel like a massage, and. Yeah, let me let me, let me feel that real quick. Let me feel the entail. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's soft okay. and there's yeah. many falls, and that's what gives them a thuddy sensation. If you have, smell good too. If you have fewer falls and a stiffer material, you'll get more of a stingy sensation, which okay. is closer to a pinch feeling. Okay. Uh, when you have two floggers, you can swing them in a style called Florentine, uh, where both hands go in a figure of eight. Um, and you can do various uh, flares uh, upon that theme, um, which I use in a performance setting. Uh, they don't have much practical use to do flares in a scene, but it is useful to have uh, good handling. If you'd like, I can give you a little demonstration. Yes, I would camera. like. Thank you very right, much. Cool. Please take your headphones off. I don't know yes. how you're going to do it. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. We're going to have a demonstration. Again, this episode really is for the the visual audience, the YouTube audience. Uh, Rue is going to come to the, to the, here we go. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna move some things. We don't want to break anything. Oh, there we go. Just oh. come a little, a little more towards us. There you go. Okay. It feels really good. That does feel super nice. Feel That's like almost fan. better than the freaking air conditioner. Yeah, you know that doesn't seem like. No, at, that would seems like, like it would feel lovely. To me, BDSM is not to say torture, you know, but that seems kind of nice. It does. I, w- I wouldn't mind that on my back. Right. Yeah, That's nice. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a car wash. Oh my god, that's so exactly what it is. There is the technique for the human car wash. We just didn't say anybody where you go like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where you and twist it and it looks it. like the then fucking it, car wash. Like yeah. 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 Oh. Mm-hmm. This, it kind of uh, hits against the skin. I love it. It feels. Hand me something that is stingy. Yeah, we got into the, the soft stuff. Let's get into the... No, he handed me thuddy. I want oh, true. stingy. Okay. Whoa. <clears throat> Aha. Thank now, you. Please, please explain to the audience... I have audience questions about the handle. About what this is. <laughs> does that handle do go into places? That one... Well, you know the old saying. Anything is an insertable if you're brave enough. Wow. What is it ruled 34? Yeah, no, I actually have. I do have a toy that is uh, made to be insertable. This one isn't made to be insertable. Uh, this is a dragon tail by Raven's Blood Reather- Leather. Uh, Master Gabriel is, uh, I believe, the owner of that company. And I have a pair of these dragon tails. These are stingy uh, on the sensation feeling. It definitely uh, looks is, like a tail. That, which is the opposite yeah. of a, uh, a flogger. This is a stingy sensation. It's more of a whip. Would, mm-hmm. you, would you consider this a whip? Yes. Yeah, okay. Floggers are also technically a whip. Anything True. that has a handle with a you know leathery, yeah. dangly bit on it <laughs> can be considered a whip. It doesn't make the cracky noise of a whip. It can. But it, it can come like not as loud as a single tail uh, or a, a bull whip, but... Um, like if you get it just right, you can get a okay. bit of a. Oh, there we Ooh. go. Ooh. Yeah. See, I don't Ooh. want that on my back. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Got some great wrist technique over there, buddy. This Seriously. guy. This guy can uh, control blood. Give me something that is wide and slappy. Oh, hey. <laughs> Funny you would ask. <laughs> wide and slappy is one of my favorites. That's definitely wide. Okay. Okay. So it's like a... Please explain to me what what I am... Yeah, what is this? So that is what I lovingly refer to as the phone book. It is <laughs> a leather uh, strap. Um, it is also on the thuddy side of toys. And... Yes, that is how you... Well, you kind of use it by the, by the handle. Yes. Um, and it's oh. better on an upswing towards buttocks. Yeah, here. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that makes bad sense. boy. You're yeah. a bad boy. That actually makes a lot more sense. <laughs> okay. 
That's not bad my, at all. This is one of my favorite toys. It's, it's a great, great warm-up toy. toy. It's got a couple oh, for sure layers that's a within it. Toy. It's not just like one piece. Correct. It's like, yeah, yeah, so it's folded it's over, so it has four... What is that made of? Also leather. Yeah. All of it? Mm-hmm. And the, the handle is metal. Do you have anything that's pokey? Well, funny you'd ask. <laughs> Let's go back into the treasure chest. <laughs> I, I wanted to pick some. Yeah, I'll, oh yeah. yeah That's he's what going I want, into I the want to go in the drawers. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got really, some things in the drawers oh. that are sensation play. So uh, impact like, play versus sensation play um, versus what's the other one? <laughs> I mean, seriously, the options, options are, are endless, fucking yes. endless. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Oh, that. Ooh, that looks like a. It's like a spur. Yeah, it's like a little cowboy spur. It's called a Wartenberg wheel. Wartenberg wheel. Yes. It's a device used for uh, seeing nerve sensitivity. If somebody has a spinal injury, they would use this on your body to see if any of the. You tell, I'll show. He's better at telling. <laughs> tell us what this is. So that's a Wartenberg wheel. It is a medical device, and it is used on. Uh, people that have spinal injuries or nerve damage to see uh, which part of their body has lost sensitivity. Uh, it is a fairly common sensation play toy. Uh, when it comes to scratchy, pokey things, uh, they pair beautifully with uh, soft things, kind of like a, uh, a feather. So if you combine the dichotomy of something scratchy and pokey with something soft like a feather, the uh, the difference feels really good to the uh, person receiving Night and day. it. Yeah, it's kind of yes, exactly. Let me see that thing. Let me see this one. He's pulling out his scratchy pokey fingers, and I'm really fucking this, excited. This kind of reminds me of they have these things for beards that you roll on your face that apparently poke into your skin to mm-hmm. yep. um, get the the Did hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what it reminds me. Yeah. Of so too. there's another BDSM toy. That started out as a hair growth tool. Oh. It was, uh, it's called the Violet Wand. Um, oh. the, and they actually recently started rebranding it um, for facials. Right. Okay. So it's um, a thing that zaps, basically. Yeah. Um, so the original was the Neon Wand. Sorry, no, the Violet Wand. Um, and that one worked with static electricity so there's a thing inside oh, that goes yeah we haven't gotten electricity yet oh, i do have an electro kit not with me today oh, okay so it was uh, originally marketed as a hair stimulant and so men would use it in a comb their their uh, you know bald heads with it to stimulate wow. hair growth and then the king community took it over and <laughs> began Bravo, the man. sex toy and then recently they started selling them and i've seen it as like on tiktok as a, a thing to like, you really? know, zap yeah, pimples because it like <gasps> kills, you know, bacteria, whatever. And they do use it, I think, in, in facials. As oh my well. God. Yeah. Whether it actually works, I don't know. I'm not no, an esthetician. I don't know. But um, kinky people do enjoy the sensation on their skins. Okay. So what do you have on your hand right now? So these are what I lovingly refer to as scratchy pokey fingers. They are made by a knife maker, they're very sharp. Um, what does he look like right now, Robert? Wolverine. Thank you. Freddy Cougar. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. 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 Any of those. Uh, so you'll see on the camera shortly. Uh, these are attachments to my fingertips. And uh, this is also a sensation play toy. Um, they're sharp and they 
feel nice on skin, especially after the skin has been uh, spanked or warmed up with a, uh, a similar thing to kind of get the blood to the skin. Makes you more sensitive okay. to uh, any kind of touch. Bring to me. All right, so she, he's bringing his pointy, scratchy, pointy, scr- scratchy pointy fingers. <laughs> that I would love someone to put those on and scratch my back. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! Right? My speak, you know, speaking to my mom earlier, she scratches my back and her nails are like that long, and it's the best. Yeah, how good does that feel? I'm gonna go to sleep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they look really scary, but like. No, I'm gonna. Well, go also, sleep. if you just apply a little bit of pressure. <laughs> Nope, yep. Just got her attention. <laughs> her mouth just opened up. <laughs> I would like to Her hair is standing up. It's true. Goosebumps. Can I ask something? Yeah. I want to know what those things on the left, the like. Look oh, like I was like, gonna say, show me something restrainy. Yeah, I think that's kind of restraining. It looks like a hand things or something. I can do that. All right, yeah. he's putting his fingers down. He's putting his Edward Scissor Freddy Krueger, amazing scratchy fingers down. Yep. Yep. That, those mm-hmm. things. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Everything is black, by the way. Is that? A, of course, is that, it is. Is that a common thing? No, there's one pink thing. There's that's a pink true. feather. I get you. But, you know, BDSM is very, <laughs> it is like a very black <laughs> thing. You know? Why is it? Yeah, why is everything black? Is there a reason? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, why is everything black and scary in BDSM? Yeah. It is something that we kind of got lumped into. Mm. Um and, you know, that thing I said earlier that all the listeners writ- wrote down, there's no right or wrong way to do BDSM. That includes the aesthetic. The colors. You know, there's representations of kink. And whenever you think kink, you think black leather, black But latex. I think also it's easier to, to make black leather than it is. It's also cheaper to mm-hmm. make black leather than it is to make colored leather. I mean, if you dye leather, you also lose some of the... Um, if you dye leather, you actually... Texture. Not the texture. Integrity? Uh, integrity. Yeah. yeah integrity yeah. of the leather. So when you leave leather the color it is supposed to be, I, I mean, I guess it would be brown if mm-hmm. you left it the color it was supposed to be. So I guess it is yeah. dyed black. So um, personally, I am into the darker aesthetics of things. Um, and... It just happens that is also the thing that kink gets thrown into, and I can go on a whole fucking thing about subcultures and how kink and other subcultures are kind of clumped together because they're people that break the mold, um, and they happen to wear black, whether that's punk or goth or metal. Um, these people that go against the establishment. Um, but yeah, I I just like black leather, but you can also get all these things in in different colors. Um, I'd She's more expensive. 
Yeah, and I, I just like. Uh, I, was just, I was just curious, like, you know, because like yeah, we, like we say, we, everything is is black. Yeah. So now she's. Um, so these are. Yeah, uh, what are these? these are cuffs for your wrists. Oh. These are called suspension cuffs. Oh okay. Ah, okay. So it's kind of the the brass part kind of looks like a saddle. Yeah. You put your foot in for a saddle, but it's for your hand. And now she's being bound again. <laughs> Double bound. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the hook, the the part, the saddle, not the saddle, but the. Oh, there's two of them. Okay. How's that feel? Is that comfortable? Yeah. Yeah? Nice. No, seriously. It's like... That was one of the ones that I was like, okay, I'm okay with that one, maybe. Yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah. It's, kind, it's kind of fun. The thing with bondage is you never want the binds to be uncomfortable unless you want it to be uncomfortable, but right. you have to make that a conscious choice. Right. Um, you know, if a cuff or a rope is too tight and, you know, you your blood or your nerves get cut off. Yeah. Um, you get, you know, no more tingling. And you start thinking the, about that. And, not and you're not. And you're exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah. So smart. Hey, I, I, I've been producing this podcast Courtney, for a couple I'm years so now. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. The the heft and the weight of these binds are nice. Actually, I just want to see how. Okay. Yeah. It's not too bad. No. Oh, it feels nice. It it is. Oh, it it does. Great. It actually. I got the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cuffs that I have have fuzz on the inside, mm-hmm. which makes them make me not think I'm being cuffed, right? It, it makes me feel safe and comfy and like soft and happy. But you're still bound. But I'm still tied up. Yeah. And, mm. but I'm not afraid. Like it's not a uncomfortable pinch or a metal feeling or a, it, it's a soft feeling, like a, a soft again, again, unless you want that. Yeah, no. Unless I, yeah. you want that. So, um, a lot to unpack there. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, but yes, the, the fuzzy cuffs. Yeah. Great. I have a fuzzy neck cuff too. It's called a collar. Okay. Because um, <laughs> a neck cuff implies that you're being bound by your neck to something, which I am. I, which you just have to be careful because you can die. Yep. Um, <laughs> safe, sane, and consensual. Remember that thing you wrote Remember, down earlier? Nothing. What is it again? Nothing. There is no, no right, right or, wrong or wrong to be this. Um, as long as it is safe, safe sane, and consensual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't spell consensual. And yeah. hanging somebody from their neck or binding them by their neck um, is not safe. No. Well, so it's if it's attached to a leash... Yes. Safe. Right. Attached to a ceiling? No. <laughs> not safe. Not safe. And maybe no. not sane, depending on how you do it. Well. Um, uh, you know, insane is, a, is an ambivalent term. Um, yeah, so the fuzzy things are, are good. Like, yeah. Don't, don't hate on the fuzzy. No. Um, you know, and like I was talking about. Er- but and, this and is even nice, like the, too. The right just the Just the, le- the squishy leather mm-hmm. is really nice. Yeah, so like because it's padded or like if you have something that has is fur lined or fuzzy lined, um, you know, it, 
it is comfortable so you can wear it for a longer time as opposed to a metal restraint um, mm. you know which can like get uncomfortable real quick especially and if cold you and well some people are into that like chain um, so you know de- depends on what your flavor and pink hu- fuzzy handcuffs is just as BDSM and just as kinky as leather or fuzzy or rope or chain there's no council that sits around and says, this is not kinky, this is kinky. Can I give you my statistic of the day? Oh, please give it to me. <laughs> there should be a council, though. So, <clears throat> all you people out there who buy pink fuzzy handcuffs, all you people out there who use your husband's silk necktie, anyone who spanks their wife's ass, anyone who spanks their husband's ass, Anyone out there who maybe applies a little more pressure when they are holding down somebody when they're having sex I, from behind. Sorry, one, I, we'll get into it. Maybe tickling too. Uh, absolutely. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah, I got a fucking story. Tickling for you, is bro. BDSM. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes it, it is. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes, it is. You are engaging in a form of kink. Or in a form of BDSM. Whether you admit to it or agree to it or think about it or not, that's what it is. The numbers the two of you gave me, uh, Rue, 45 to 54, and Robert, 50 to 69, um, are so far off, it's not even funny. The, I don't know which way. Uh, the breadth. It's the breadth with which people are admitting to okay. or acknowledging their BDSM or their kink. It is between 2% and 72%. <laughs> so we both won. Two. So everybody's a fucking so winner. everyone, I'm saying, I'm telling you right now, every single one of you are engaging in some form of kink or in some form of BDSM whether you acknowledge it, admit to it, understand it, or agree to it or not, by the definitions of kink and BDSM, if you use spit, if you say, oh, you're so filthy, oh my God, I love your filthy fucking ass, oh my God, I love to fuck your fucking pound, your fucking pussy, or if you spank somebody, or if you choke somebody, please do so safely, or if you use a scarf, or if you lightly tickle somebody's back, or if you massage someone before you have sex, or if you use any sort of external toy, fuzzy handcuffs, a tie, a blindfold, you're engaging in BDSM and kink, and please embrace it. And do it more. Can I take it a step further? Please. So That's the whole point of your job, right? <laughs> Taking yeah. it one step further. Um, with consent. With consent. You're Which right. I just you're asked. Right, you're right. So the, the beauty and, and kind of what I think is also reflected in that statistic and in that wide range, there is, it says a lot because... Even a vanilla sex act, like let's say, for example, oral sex, right? Mm. Um, your statistic of people that have experience either giving or receiving oral sex um, is much wider than the oh, people that... Oh, yeah. Now, what's going to be the difference between 
vanilla oral sex and kinky oral sex. The only difference is intention. Yeah. Now, people might, may or may not know that intention or um, feel comfortable admitting that intention. Right. And that's what gives us that gap. So you have the same act. One person's genitals in another person's mouth. Correct. Now, who has the power? Is it the person that says, I'm going to give you pleasure, I'm going to give you pleasure. Ooh, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to give you pleasure. Ooh, you're close. Oh, no, not, not yet, not yet. So, right? So, Is it the person with the genitals in their mouth? Or is it the person with the genitals? Mm-hmm. So, the intention of both parties makes the difference. Right. If the person giving the oral sex is coming from their intention is I'm going to tease and deny this person of pleasure and or orgasms. That's a power exchange. Yeah. That is BDSM. Or right. the reverse, the person that has the genitals in somebody else's mouth, they can say, I am using your mouth to pleasure myself. There is a power exchange and that is BDSM. BDSM is all about Power exchange. Yes, part of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, 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 so, so like so, such a nuance in a of in, yeah. so, such you, a nuance of intention. Let me ask you a question that may or may not be able to be answered. Mm, yes. Has anyone who has ever engaged in any sexual act, therefore engaged in kink and BDSM, simply by engaging? in an exchange of sexual acts. Now. <laughs> oh, I love the question. Oh my God. I have a brain boner. It says it stopped. Oh, I have a mind erection. It's throbbing and it's <laughs> veiny. So now we can. Because I think the answer is yes. In. It's such a nuanced, beautiful, it juicy isn't. question. So, how how simple is that, though? If you have had sex with someone, you have exchanged power, and in doing so, have engaged in BDSM. Yes. No. Ah. So, so let's take um, person A, person B. Okay. And they. Okay. So I'm just gonna. They're non-binary. Okay. Right? Taking right. gender roles out. Take them out. Taking patriarchy. AB. Uh-huh. AB, two non-binary people. Apple, blueberry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Engage in Coitus. sex. <laughs> right? And both of their intention, big, big I word right there, um, is to... Come. No, no. Oh. Connect. Oh, a different C word. To share intimacy. Okay. Right, because the reason you have sex is vast. Oh my god. Um. And their intention is pure. I forgot I was wearing ropes until right now. Because your legs are together. Um, you're sitting like a lady. I am. Person A, person B, non-binary, with the intention of connection. Connection. Okay. That. Has no power exchange. Right. Okay. So that's 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 your that's your out that's a fucking outlier, right? Right. Like, <clears throat> that is one example of 
all humanity ever having sex. Yes. Now, if you've ever put someone's dick in your mouth, you've probably engaged in BDSM. Okay, so now there's a dick involved, which implies masculinity and Western culture and everything that comes with it. (laughs) Um, And what the dick represents. And then the relationship of the person putting the dick in their mouth, are they masculine, feminine, or non-binary, or anywhere on that spectrum? And what is their relationship to the dick? Now, are they traditional femme in Western society Ugh. and are they then subservient you're getting, you're to man too, and patriarchy? You're, you're getting too deep And in then this. are they flipping that script and <laughs> being on their knees and teasing and denying and biting that dick and making it suffer, right. therefore giving it to the man, therefore the person at the bottom is engaging in BDSM from a top capacity or the majority of, you know, I'm, I'm sure oral sex that has happened in America not that dynamic, um, you know, then everything that comes yeah. with what having a dick means. This is why I hate that statistic. This is why I picked that statistic because it is so vast, two to 75%. Like, are you kidding me? Also, what, is, like, what BDSM is. Also, in- can we define it? Also, does, does anyone even know what it is, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. And it's self-reporting, right? Yeah. So it's like, did they even have a BuzzFeed quiz? Right. Did they even ask Cosmopolitan? <laughs> like, these are the important <laughs> question, folks. Like, an influencer posted you. this shit on their Instagram. Yeah. They have a big following. It's so, true. Uh, and then who are their followers? All right, exactly. Um, then that, that makes it BDSM, is who yeah, are their followers. So, yeah. um, you know, I hate to shit on your science, but that's uh, not it's, a good stat. It's a, no, it's a horrific statistic. Like Thanks, psychology today. And I actually feel like that statistic is probably closer to about 90%, I would say, or at least on the higher end of the yeah, 75. Some people don't even know. They, they mm-hmm. don't even know. Exactly, right. and that's the thing, because people think that, um, back to the fucking council, in order to do BDSM, I have to make somebody cry, I have to make somebody bleed, there has to be leather, there has to be latex, and, and, a, ball leather, and a ball gag, leather cuffs, handcuffs, you know, and it's like this fucking because what we see in the media yep. is all in a kink is hardcore. Yeah, you know, um, and old BDSM porn is you know under the hardcore category. Yeah, um, but yeah. BDSM doesn't have to be in back to the no. tickle thing, bringing it full circle. Um, one of my favorite scenes I had with a client, um, I I tied her to a bondage bed, and normally when I uh, do like I have this uniform that I wear, which is a black pants. Um, black button-up shirt. Why does it have to be black? Because goth as fuck. <laughs> Hail Satan. Because uh, Jesus doesn't like black. Um, you know, and I, I wear a bondage belt that has like lots of carabiners and dangly bits on it. Sure. Um, and so I had her tied to the bondage bed, blindfolded. And I accidentally figured out she was ticklish. Like we... <laughs> and she had this hearty guffaw. Um, <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is something we can play with. So then what I proceeded to do was I would I would wiggle my hips like Shakira. They don't lie. So she would like hear Pavlov. The, she'd hear the jingle jingle and then I tickle. Oh my god. Hardy guffaw. Jingle jingle tickle Tick. hardy guffaw. So then, then just the jingle. Motherfucking Pavlov over here. She sent me a mug that says 
Dr. Ru Pavlov. Oh, and then my on the God. back there's a cat that says, you know, fuck those bells or whatever. Um, so, and and also then if you said so that was a wonderful, fun, non-violent tickle scene, and it was fucking amazing. And in you know when you when you're a sadist, um, some people can't take a lot of pain. Um, for whatever reason they might have, you can have the same catharsis and release from laughing as you do crying. Oh. So, you know, as, as, a, as a sadist, and if you want to be a well-balanced sadist, like to make somebody feel something and have a release, it's not just through pain and through crying and sobbing and turning them into just a puddle of cum and tears, which is my favorite. Um, but also through laughter and like by combining pain and tickle torture, if, if that is their thing, tickle tickling, uh, is often a hard limit for people because, um, their parents did it. Yeah. Parents, siblings, uh, uncles, whoever, um, would tickle them when they were children against their consent. And they're like, well, if you don't like it, why are you laughing? Um, you know, which is the whole victim blaming mentality uh, um, and taking bodily autonomy away from uh, kids. Yeah. Through tickling. Um, and so for a lot of people, tickling can be a trigger or a, um, uh, a limit. Um, but I, I always say that triggers aren't always something that needs to be avoided. Not a no, never. Maybe a soft limit. Yeah, and sometimes it's a yes, press that big red button. Mm. If it's in a safe, sane, consensual uh, bubble where you can give the person the proper aftercare. Because the difference between a traumatic experience and a um, corrective experience is what happens after the trigger. Because sometimes people don't know what their triggers are. Right. And in the middle of a scene, you know, somebody would come up to me and say, hey, I want to do a session. Um, I want you to tie me up. I want you to flog me. I want you to uh, call me a dimwitted nincompoop and I want you to slap me in the face. I say, okay, cool. And I do those things and I slap them in the face, triggered. Done. And like, you know. Red. Adverse reaction. Now, trigger isn't always an automatic red. Oh. It's a big reaction. Now, they can say... You know, or when I noticed that I triggered somebody, you know, I would obviously check in. And um, if they feel safe, we can explore that. Like something that I've like actually said to my partner, like we, we did a session, uh, we did a scene uh, just for fun places. And she started sobbing. And I said, do you want to explore that? Because I found something that made yeah. her sob. Like, do you want to explore that? And she said, Yes. So now, here is a a human mind bear exposed. She feels safe. I feel safe with her to explore this thing. And then what happens afterwards with the aftercare can make that trigger a corrective experience. Okay. Because sometimes people would have, let's say, face slapping, right? Uh-huh. Um, they would have had abuse, which yeah. the numbers are too high. Um, it's too high. And they can also have a fetish for face slapping. 
Sure. Now, imagine you are somebody who has been abused, but you also have a fetish for face slapping. Right. How, now, sh- how much shame do you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you come to a professional and say, hey, I want to be slapped in the face. Also, it's a fucking trigger because... I was slapped in the I face. I was slapped in the face in a non-consensual bad way. Help. And the professional says, I can't help you. There's something wrong. We need to get to the bottom of this. Instead of saying, let's explore that and how we can undo those binds mentally. Mm-hmm. Re- rebuild neuro, neuro, neuro pathways, pathways yeah. in a... Healthy... So, constructive so a healing experience instead of a re-traumatizing experience now very important hey readers sir that same page that you wrote down there's no right or wrong way to do bdsm as long as it's safe sane and consensual i want you to write this down write it down doing it it. go ahead bdsm can be therapeutic Ooh, i don't know how to spell that word either (laughs) i'm trying but, but underline but yep is not a lot of use is not a replacement, a replacement for, for therapy, therapy. <laughs> Rue, like yes will you come back and talk about the psychological side of bdsm yes i feel like we've talked a lot about the fun side Personally, scratch the surface. I like, scratch. Don't like, don't talk about scratch because I'll just make you scratch my back. Okay. Like literally, I'm looking at the scratch. Got the toys. I'm looking at the scratch. Right. Um, because I feel like I, there is so much more to kink and BDSM, and we have just barely nicked the surface, mm-hmm. and. I wanted to talk about consensual non-consent. Oh, you don't fuck around. And we didn't, we don't have the time Mm -hmm. today. Yep. I want to talk about trauma victims and how they can use BDSM to move through their trauma. Not necessarily past it, Mm -hmm. but through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that shit. And I want, I want to talk about how BDSM can be utilized within therapy for abuse victims um, in conjunction with cognitive behavioral therapy as well. Mm -hmm. And? And? It's not just trauma. It's not just uh, trauma from abuse. It can be um, people that have some kind of societal body shame uh, like a woman whose breasts have gone from a sex object to a utility to feeding a baby. Oh. Having them reconnect and make her breasts a sex thing again instead of just a baby feeding thing. Wow. It can be somebody who has gained or lost weight and wants to feel sexy. It can be somebody who has had a traumatic change in their body, whether it's an amputation or something, and taking that trauma and turning it into a fetish and helping them reclaim the power that they had from the previous societal 
uh, fucking idea of what is right and their own idea of What's what is right, right and, and what wrong. is sexy. Mm-hmm. And through kinks and fetish, make that whole again. Jesus Christ. He's not here, but I am. <laughs> hail Satan. Hail Satan. All hail. I honestly would love to just stop this episode and then start the next episode. Um, uh, but I can't because I have a job and I have to go to work tomorrow. So um, fuck work. But uh, And I got to pee really bad. <laughs> and, there's, and there's also pizza downstairs that my husband ordered graciously. Uh, so, okay. We are going to end for today but my fucking god this conversation is not over Mm -hmm. and the next time you come on i am going to be bound by rope the entire time i'm good fantastic thank you so excited i want to thank you for a few things a your willingness to come on this podcast and speak of your expertise and of your life and of your just who you are as a person. I also want to thank you so much for what you do for the community of humanity. Um, a lot of people utilize you to work through hard times work through trauma and a lot of people use bdsm and kink without even realizing it your education and your knowledge are so needed in the world and i appreciate every ounce of education that you pump into this society and i am grateful that you live in my realm um, so very much. Is Thank there you. anything that you would like to promote, Sir Lucifer? Um. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, kink is my life. It is my passion. It is my purpose. Um, it took me a long time to come to terms with that, and it's 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 a huge passion of mine. Um. I have a monthly robe night in uh, Orange County, California. Uh, for the people that want to look up soccer night at uh, Black Diamond, I perform at everywhere and I teach as much as I can everywhere. Um, if you know how to find me, find me, Sir Lucifer. Most of my shit's private because all y'alls are weird. Um, if you're <laughs> and not, judgy assholes. Judgy assholes. If you're not a weird judgy asshole, send me a DM on uh, Twitter or Instagram and say I'm not a judgy asshole then I'll add you <laughs> unless we have mutuals um, if you're my friend and you say that you're my friend please don't be a judgy asshole or I will make you not my friend anymore there you go block ban mm, unsubscribe unsubscribe unofficial sponsor uh, satanic temple unofficial sponsor so yeah. we're trying to do more um uh, information about charities that you can donate to on each episode. And I feel like this is a good episode for us to mention the Satanic Temple, uh, which is a organization that you can not only donate to, but one that you can become a card-carrying member for. As we mentioned earlier, they are doing their best to make religious freedom 
uh, part of the abortion rights in this country uh, and anyone who needs to get a medical abortion for, for any reason, if you are a member of the Satanic Temple. I don't even think you have to be a member. Just hit them up. Yeah, just hit them up. Just, yeah, they'll just help reach you out. out to them. They'll help you. Um, and we support anyone who needs uh, abortion for any reason. Um, also, again, make sure you follow us on Instagram so you can get these updates on who we have on our show. We are now on YouTube where you can see me get bound in rope and all of the toys that we talked about today. Um, please make sure that you call us at 513-6969-SEX if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Let us know if you'd like us to talk about anything else on the podcast. Follow us at What's Your Position Podcast on Instagram. And above all, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.